How about you? Are you traumatized? Uh! <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It is Thursday, May 19th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 305. This is No Agenda. Awaiting the end of days here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. I am the belligerent Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we only have a couple days left before I think the weather changes. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. In the morning to you, John. The weather's going to change. You know, I looked at, first of all, in the morning, John. In the morning to you and in the morning to all ships at sea and feet in the air. Hey, feet in the ankles in the stirrups. And all of the human resources in the chat room, noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com, uh, human resources, belligerent, abhorrent, and charged up and ready to go the way their government loves them. Yeah. Um, so I've read up on this uh, end of days. We only have... Now, do we get uh, a Saturday night to party, or does it just end? Is it like Friday night, and then on Saturday the 21st, we all you just... You get Friday night to party. How many party nights do you need? <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just asking. So um, I've done some research. This uh, apparently comes from uh, from Noah. Hey, uh, can I stop you for a second? Because I've been watching this WhiteHouse.gov slash live, which is the president's speech. Tell me that when we started, he started. No. Oh, okay. Hillary came out. No. She's a warm-up act. No. <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> really? <laughs> Nobody even introduced her. She comes rolling out. Now she's doing material. What is she saying? Do we have to listen I, to this? I, I can't listen I to can't. it and talk Turn to it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Okay. Is off. it off? No. I don't want you distracted. Turn it off. That's- I'm not distracted. I'm not distracted. I'm just watching. Now she's doing something with it. She's got her hand under her arm <laughs> pit, and she's making some sort of farting noise. <laughs> And she's, now she's doing Hello, balloons. She's, There's a president. She's doing blow up. She's making dogs out of, of long balloons. Hello, she's everybody. Balloon, balloons. Hello, Hillary. Great job on the balloons. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hello, John. Hey, good to see you. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hey. Hello, everybody. Good to see you, guys. Good to see you. Hello. 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 I've been working on I've been working on the show. So, um,. Here's how it works. May 21st uh, is when uh, the world is supposed to end. Now, what I understand is this comes from Genesis 7-4. Okay, this is is the Ask Adam issue here. I I was thinking about this before the show. I said, wait a minute. Besides the fact that there's apparently a bunch of people in the New York subways, you know, handing out brochures. I don't know why you need a brochure for the end of the world for, but whatever the case, (laughs) I'm trying. I just dawned on me. I don't know where this comes from. I just heard about the... 521 thing a couple oh, okay. months ago. Well, first of all, those aren't brochures. Those are flyers because, you know, the movement's gotten a little hipper. So it but comes yeah. from Genesis 7-4. When God said to Noah, hold on, seven days from now, hello, everybody, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. They already did that. And I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I've made. Right. He did that. But here it comes. No apparent reason. <laughs> Well, um, he wanted to be in a movie. So one day, uh, so here it goes. When God referred to seven days, he was actually referring simultaneously to 7,000 years because one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. This is all scripture, John. It's all documented. So the flood occurred on 
4990 BC. Exactly 7,000 years later is 2011. So there are 722,500 days between the dates. 722,500 significant number because it is composed of other significant numbers. 5 times 10 times 17 times 5 times 10 times 17. 5 signifies redemption. 10 signifies completion. 17 signifies heaven. And there you have it. So what is what? going to happen? It's going to rain. Nut balls <laughs> come up with this stuff. <laughs> Businessinsider.com. Right? Those guys seem no, to I'm be I'm talking about official. the people who dreamed it, these religious guys who dreamed this up in the first place. Well, you can't just go calling religious people nuts. And I'm not calling religious people nuts. I'm calling these religious people oh, nuts. Okay. So, uh, but I have to say that uh, if we are indeed going to get, you know, 40 days and 40 nights of rain, the weather is definitely looking I like it. I thought it was the rapture. Yeah, but that's part of it. We all get swept away. It's raining in New York. It's raining in Los Angeles. last week. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyway, um, hopefully some people uh, agree with these uh, theories and sent us their life savings to support the show. Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> if you're going to go, you might as well go first class, eh? Uh, but a lot of uh, interesting things happening. Uh, the president, of course, uh, uh, as we speak, trying to distract everyone from listening to our show. He's doing the same thing uh, to us that he did to Trump, you know, trying to preempt us. <laughs> Trump. Like, hey, let's, uh, let, let's do it at nine. Wait, those guys haven't started yet. It's still the fat lady singing. Hello, everybody. Wait a minute. Had Adam and John started? And then the minute we start, and he, uh, he th- seriously, Hillary was on stage? No, she, Hillary came out, and then he came out uh, about a minute ago. And they get, and they, what was funny was she came off the stage, and she did her act. She came <laughs> off her stay, off the stage, and then he gave her a man, kind of a, a loose man hug with a couple of with a pat, pats with on a the pat back. on the back. Wow. No yeah. air kiss. No, Ooh, I mean, it, was just, like a, it, was, it looked like two guys. Yeah. Hey, hey. Hey, that is really good, Barack. And she stomped off, and that was the end of it. <laughs> On her clumps. <laughs> clunk, clunk, clunk. Clump, clump, clumps. So um, I've been fascinated by the DSK scandal. What's the DSK scandal? Dominique Smith-Kahn. Oh, this guy. Yeah, because what I did is I did some I call research. him the IMF guy. Yeah, okay. Well, it's DSK. So I've been uh, doing my research, and the, the best... You know, because, of course, we want to know why this took place. Because the first thing, I think we immediately identified this as the Al Gore hit. But look at the difference between what happened with Al Gore and this guy. Did Al Gore get picked up at the airport? Did Al Gore get thrown in jail? Did Al Gore have to do the perp walk? No, none of that. This guy immediately thrown in jail, custody. The, The police took DNA samples. It's interesting. They took DNA samples from the carpet. Apparently, he splooged. (laughs) <laughs> disgusting. It's it's totally disgusting. I've got the, all the report. I, in fact, uh, Smoking Gun has the. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny to read. Has the Dominique Strauss Kahn uh, complaint? I don't know how these guys get this stuff. Uh, deponent states the deponent is informed by an individual known to the district attorney's office that the defendant, one, shut the door to uh, the above location and prevented informant from leaving the above location, two, grabbed the informant's breasts without consent, 
Three attempted to pull. <laughs> this is great. This is great reading. Three attempted to pull down informant's pantyhose and forcibly grabbed informant's vaginal area. Sounds like TSA checkpoint, doesn't it? Four forcibly made contact with his penis and informant's mouth twice. <laughs> Honey, I'm in the news. And five was able to accomplish the above acts by using physical force. So there's all kinds of stuff and you know, all kinds of disinformation. Everyone's kind of focusing on uh, the Parisian or the uh, French elections, which uh, I think is really the true distraction. But a couple of things I did uh, come up against. First of all, um, I went to the IMF.org site and combed through it all. And they have this uh, interesting woman who comes out, uh, I guess, every day or so. And she does the embargoed uh, information release of the day. And this is from before the incident on May 12th. And listen to where the different people uh, in the IMF were. So we have the managing director. This is Dominique Strauss-Kahn. And uh, then the second guy, who is now the number one guy, temporarily, they say, which is, um, of course, uh, what's his name? How come I can't remember? This is crazy. I have no idea. Yeah, the American guy, the J.P. Morgan guy. So uh, Lipsky, John Lipsky. So listen to uh, where every, everybody was and who's doing important things and who's not. Sen, director of the External Relations Department at the IMF. Welcome to our regular bi-weekly press briefing. Oh, this is the elitist bullcrap. Uh, the briefing is embargoed as usual until 10.30 a.m. Washington time or 14.30 GMT. Uh, first of all, on uh, upcoming travel and management events... The managing director is going to be in Brussels next week. On the 18th, he will make a keynote address at the 12th Brussels Economic Forum. So notice he was going to hang out with the elites in Brussels. This is uh, Dominique Smith uh, Strauss-Kahn. And then on the 19th, he'll be back here in Washington and uh, will be speaking at at the Bretton Woods Committee annual 2011 annual meeting, which is a closed or an event by invitation, but we may post his remarks, and we certainly will be posting uh, the tenth his remarks for the tenth annual Niarchos lecture at the Peterson Institute, uh, which starts at 5 p.m. Yeah. and is now. Open what to is the, the number two guy doing? Let's see if he's doing something a little bit more important, perhaps. Peterson Institute. And meanwhile, the first deputy managing director, Mr. Lipsky, is in Beijing for the Sovereign Wealth Funds uh, Forum. Sounds like a little more important gig to me. What do you think, John? More important to be with the Chinese and the Sovereign Wealth uh, guys than uh, in Brussels with a bunch of elitist losers? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Why? Because that's where the money is. Now, what's happening here? Uh, I have two uh, two theories. So, um, you know this Farid Zakaria guy on uh, CNN who does this GPS show that we've been kind of wondering about? So, yeah. it turns out he's a Bilderberger. Uh, he's always invited to the drinking club, as you call it. Of course, I call it uh, the evil elitist. Uh, it's a drinking club, yeah, and he's a, a member. Right, he's a member. So, um, why is he a member is a big question in my well, mind. Well, I think he's meant to propagate uh, some of the message. So, he brings in his other friends including Dominique Strauss-Kahn and Christine Lagarde, uh, on his show. But listen to how he opens it up and how he uh, talks about it, and then hear what uh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn has to say. Uh, which now, when, is, when was this? This is uh, two weeks ago. This is, okay. So this, histori- this is before he was arrested. This is all before he's arrested, which is very important. We, you know, everyone's looking at stuff now. No, you got to go backwards in history. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Conspiracy yeah. theories abound about who does and does not control the world economy. 
Well, today I've assembled a bunch of folks who you could argue actually do. This is not the Bilderberg. This is not uh, the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> could the guy throw it in my face anymore? <laughs> this is not Bilderberg and Trilateral. Thanks, Fareed. It's just GPS. But we have with us Christine Lagarde, who is the Finance Minister of France. Lawrence Summers, a former Secretary of the Treasury, now serves as the head of the White House Economic Council. Tarman Shanmugaratnam is the Finance Minister of Singapore. And Dominique Strauss-Kahn has been called the guardian of the global financial system. He is the managing director of the International Monetary Fund. So let's talk about financial reform. Dominique Strauss-Kahn, whoever in your organization came up with the acronym for the tax you have proposed deserves a gold medal because it is, of course, exquisitely named the fat tax. Other, other countries have VAT taxes. Uh, you are proposing a fat tax, a tax of financial activities transaction tax. Uh, the idea here is presumably to achieve some kind of global commonality exactly along the lines that Larry Summers is suggesting. But France has immediately said, as far as I can tell, well, wait a minute, we don't have banks that need to be taxed. Singapore isn't going to go along with it. Tokyo isn't going to go along with it. Canada isn't going to go along with it. So there you have four important financial centers that aren't going to go along with this. Okay, so... Now, you have to understand, and I went back and looked at the history, both these organizations were formed, came out of Bretton Woods in the mid-40s, uh, the World Bank and the IMF. Now, what's interesting is that the World Bank actually does policy, and the International Monetary Fund is the bank. They do the actual money, which I, I mean, is this, I don't know if this is meant to confuse us, but the fund is, the, a bank is called the fund, and the, and the fund is called the bank. And what, and so, and of course this bank, yeah, it's a member countries, blah, 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 but we all know the International Monetary Fund consists of banks. Uh, JP Morgan is a, a big part of that. Of course, Lipsky is a former JP Morgan guy. And so this Dominique Strauss-Kahn essentially was saying, hey, all you uh, bankers, we're going to start taxing all of your transactions. I don't think that makes him a very popular guy, John. What do you think? Well, I think there's more to it than that, as a matter of fact. Uh, I think this is part of a concerted effort along with a story I actually have on the uh, clips uh, where they're going after banks uh, who are supposedly defrauding the uh, public with the mortgage deals that they piece together. And they're trying to slip in uh, Goldman Sachs, who I think is either Goldman Sachs has gone off the reservation or they've gone too far or something. I think this is actually an attack on Goldman Sachs by the uh, international banksters. Well, now, really? why do I say that? Yeah, why do you say that? Because the fat tax itself, if you think about it, what is it? What's it a tax on? Financial transactions. Transactions, yeah. How does that work with high-frequency trading? Well, the, yeah. Well, High-frequency yeah. trading is, is, is the artificial trading of millions and millions of shares instantly. And if those are going to be taxed individually, which you would have to do if this, if this tax is implemented the way they say, it would kill high-frequency trading, period. And it would also sink Goldman Sachs. And because, uh, I mean, they're essentially their whole business is, is high frequency trading. So I think that's that can be a part of it. And maybe it's just one of the many reasons. There's another report that uh, the IMF was planning on uh, releasing uh, SDR backed bonds, which, of course, would effectively make the SDR um, a, a form of reserve currency. So, of course, we can't have that. Um, we need we needed to choose a new um head of the IMF anyway, and typically the Europeans get to choose this. And so now we actually have a, a clip from Barroso, who's the, uh, he runs the Starfleet Command there in Europe, 
Now listen to what he has to say because there's a war between the French and the Germans about who is going to be chosen to replace the guy. There's been a clear desire by Chancellor Merkel and others to retain a European as managing director of the International Monetary Fund. Is it time to get some clarity, though, since there is so much global attention on what's transpiring with Dominique Strauss-Kahn? Uh, look, um, first of all, I think the executive director has to be chosen on merit. We want a strong, um, respected, competent executive director for the IMF. But I think it is only natural that European Union countries, together they are by far the biggest stakeholder, uh, the biggest contributor to the IMF, uh, feel the responsibility to present a good candidate. So yes, I hope there will be a good candidate for the European Union from the European Union that will be able to give uh, uh, IMF a credible and strong leadership. Should we break the mold of a European at the IMF and uh, an American running the World Bank? Now this is very important what's coming up. Should we get out of that practice? Well, look, once again, if they are doing good jobs, uh, why should we uh, replace? I mean, uh, Zolik is doing a great job in the World Bank, so I, I think it should go on. Now we have the problem uh, now in the leadership with the IMF, so let's find another one, another leader for that. Should be a European uh, is what you're suggesting. Yes, I think it should be a European because, once again, Europe, Europeans uh, together are... By far, even only the euro area countries alone, they are the biggest stakeholder in the IMF, and there are a lot of Europeans that can do that job, so why, why now choose someone because he's not European? That makes no sense. Uh, so I, I think there will be good candidates from Europe. Let's not make now an issue of flag. Ah, uh, a flag, German or French flag. I think... Well, get to, get to the point. These clips are, are not telling me anything. Okay, well, you've got to listen to what Timmy Geithner says. He's obviously not in a position to run the IMF, and I think it's important that the board of the IMF uh, formally put in place for an interim period uh, somebody to act as managing director, and uh, they have in John Lipsky the, it's not the constitutional order of succession, but the legal order of succession, and he's a very capable person, a lot of experience, uh, so I think that's the appropriate step to take. So. We clearly want someone we can control. It can't be an American because we don't get to choose the number one spot. I, I'm going to make a prediction. It's going to be an Egyptian, and it's going to be the finance minister of Egypt. Uh, forget the guy's name. I'll get it for you in a second. He is going to become the next head of the IMF, and that's why the president is now coming out with the Arab Spring and giving $2 billion to Egypt, and they have total control over the IMF by proxy through the Egyptian guy, totally wiping out the control of Europe. This is against Europe. It's against um, uh, Timmy Geithner also tried to stop, uh, well, he successfully stopped the uh, um, the haircut the bankers were going to take on uh, Ireland. This guy went to jail immediately. 1.5 billion uh, euros goes to Ireland, which he, which he vetoed two days before. And this is a big power struggle, John. And I, th- and I think we're going to see the Egyptian guy become the new leader of the IMF. Write, will you write it down? It down? Yeah, yeah, write it down. Write it down. Uh, I think that's a, unlikely. Okay. You know, there's a lot of countries who feel they should be in there. Yeah, well, they can. And I think they the, can feel this. So, uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I, I'll, I'm just in the book, and we'll see. I, I don't know that. Uh, but I think uh, I think we both agree. There's definitely something weird going on, and I, I also. But I want to play something that has to do with the arrest of this guy, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because it was uh, there's a guy that was on uh, 
Pierce Morgan. He had a couple of people on, believe it or not. I suffered through that. Uh, but a couple of defense attorneys, including Alan Dershowitz. And they talked about something that, I don't know if we really discussed it, but the, the you know it's, it's brought up in all the law and order shows. And, and we just kind of take it for granted. The, the so-called perp walk. Yeah. It's kind of, I never th- thought about until I listened to this guy, this the Roy Black on the perp walk. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, Roy Black. Uh, that is actually a disgusting practice that is... That is it's, hu- that it's, is, it's a purposeful humiliation. Yeah, and it's done for the purpose. Apparently, the arrangements are made with the media, with the, with the tabloid yeah, media sure. in particular, sure. to line up and take pictures of the guy. But play this, these two clips on the perp walk. I, I just actually think it's quite disgusting. Oh, we have two clips. Okay, I see you have... One and two. There we go. That's a typical kind of bail package that's put together in New York. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's released on bail on Friday. There's obviously huge conjecture from the French um, that he's in some way either been set up or he's being victimized by the media that there shouldn't have been these images of him. Has he been treated any differently to anybody else would be treated in his position if they weren't well known? No, he's treated equally poor that we treat everybody in our criminal justice system. In New York, particularly, they love this perp walk. The police have a deal with the tabloids. They'll parade you in front of them with handcuffs on. They keep you up all night. You don't shave. You look horrible. So they have wonderful photographs for the front page of the tabloids every morning. Unfortunately, we do that with almost everybody. So, of course, the French are very outraged to see, you know, this violation of privacy because they put a lot of stock in that. An outrage, I tell you. He cannot shave under his armpits. You know, it's an incredibly a biased and unfair thing to do, innocent or guilty, if you think about it. And the French are probably right about this. And I never thought much about it because they always, you know, discuss. It's always like a, used as a punchline in in TV shows. Oh, let's get we got get the rest and make yeah. you you know yeah. do the perp walk. But yeah. I never thought it was like rigged. For specifically for the media and, to, you know, to make sure that you look like crap, <laughs> you know, which has got to bias any jury. It's po- I mean, the, the whole justice system seems to be poisoning the jury pool in any, any way they can. And how is it that uh, we can get Osama bin Laden's DNA on the spot within six hours, but we can't get uh, this guy's splooge DNA matched uh, in f- four days? Well, they probably don't have the new technology there. There uh, is a technology yeah. that allows you to do a four-hour DNA test. Oh, anyway, really? play the play the Dershowitz thing. He follows up on this perp walk thing. I'm sorry, just this one aspect of it. I never, I never thought about it clearly, and now I'm kind of galled by the whole thing. Is this perp walk two or is this Dershowitz? Yeah, perp walk two. Quote here for a moment. You say, "I am troubled by a system of justice, modestly termed accusing." I'm sorry. Is that that's the wrong one? Isn't it? Sounds like the wrong one. Yeah, it's the wrong one. I'm sorry. Here we go. Here it is. Alan Dershowitz, I mean, it does seem pretty extraordinary. The journalist in me says, great, you know, very happy that they do this and we get these great images and we can all feast on them uh, in the media. But in terms of this guy, his reputation, he has an incredibly powerful job. If you take the presumption of innocent till proven guilty, it's pretty unfair, isn't it? It's very unfair. It's very deliberate. It's intended to present him as guilty and as looking predatory in the worst possible light. If he's granted bail, as he should be granted bail tomorrow, he will then be able to appear, not in public, but appear in photographs looking like he used to look and perhaps presenting himself uh, in a, a more credible way. So it's clear this is, this is a hit. The guy was totally hit. 
there's all kinds of question marks. And again, you know, Al Gore didn't go through this. He did essentially exactly the same. Yeah, no, Al Gore was targeted. Yeah, it was targeted, but th- this is a big deal. And boy, talk about he did disappear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank whoops, God. He's God. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, the guy, of course, he resigned. He resigned uh, last night. Yeah, he resigned yesterday. Yeah. So, um, well, let's see. I, I think there's a good chance it's going to be the Egyptian guy. It's not, if it's Christine Lagarde, who is, uh, who the you know, some of the media are trying to tout as the front runner, I'd be highly surprised. You know, the, the, I think we are in a total, the United States of Gitmo Nation, we're taking over the world. You know, we're going to own Egypt, we're going to own Tunisia, economic hitman style. Hey, here's $2 billion for your people under 30. What about our people under 30 here at home? We could use $2 billion. I would say. It's disgusting. This whole thing, and you know, the, president, the, the president's speech today was leaked to everybody yesterday. Everyone knows what's coming up. It's Arab Spring, Arab Spring. Did you see the story, which I thought was hilarious, that, that now they've taken, they've gone through uh, uh, Osama's material and they found that he thinks Arab, Arab Spring is a good thing and maybe Al-Qaeda is not so hot. Yeah. <laughs> what bull crap? I mean, this is like, what are they making it up I now? Think not. Now they're just bringing it out right on time. It's perfect. Hey, Arab Spring, good thing. That's right. Osama, Obama, we're all on the same page. Anyway, I uh, I did have a just a good laugh at that. Uh, you know that French douchebag, Bernard Henri Levy. Remember that the guy? French douchebag, yeah, yeah. So he he's the expert now to call. <laughs> and I love it when you have um, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm losing all the names today. The the hooker guy, the, the attorney general who got the hookers on CNN. Spitzer. Spitzer. Elliot Spitzer, of course, they're like, hey, get Spitzer on. This is totally for him. It's it's high-powered and chicks and prostitutes. Because, of course, now, you know, of course. This, this, he's an expert. He's an expert. Hey, man, Elliot, you know. By the way, he got hit in a very similar manner. Only, you know, it's one thing with prostitutes. Another one when it's written there, he put his penis on my mouth. So they call up the douchebag. Quote here for a moment. You say, I am troubled by a system of justice, modestly termed accusatory, meaning that anyone can come along and accuse another fellow of any crime. That is, in fact, the foundation of our judicial system. People level accusations. They then have to swear to them. He's talking about himself. You know that. And in fact, that is what the complainant, the victim, so alleged victim in this case has done. Do you have any reason to doubt the veracity of her complaint? But of course. What I say is that in this system, which is the American system, there is good side and bad side. The bad side is that for someone like Dominique Foscan, If it appears that the claim is false, if it appears... The funny thing is, everyone, we have like two French listeners, and and they'll say, no one talks like that. This guy is, he's putting on an act. He's like, this is exactly what the American public wants to hear a French guy sounding like. Oh yeah, definitely. It's hilarious. If it appears that... He did not commit the crime of which he is accused. Accused. The the current moment, the moment of today, will be something terrible which will follow him till the end of his life. There is something so violent, so cruel, so brutal brutal. in these (laughs) images which have been shot of him. 
So he's he's totally on board with the whole perp walk thing. He's he he thinks it's vile and cruel and released worldwide. I know that it is a case of any man, and that there is a sort of um, democratic obligation to treat each man as if uh, 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 equally. But the problem is that this is hypocrisy. Everybody knows that Dominique Sorskan is not exactly anyone. <laughs> Anybody, everybody knows. He knows he is a powerful man. That um, an average man suspected of having, having committed a crime goes out of the police station, there will be no photographer, there will be nobody. If it is Dominique Sorskan, director of the IMF, you will have the press of all over the world. See, he, he's, he's on board with it, John. He's saying the same thing. He's saying this perp walk is crazy. So, the apparent equality of treatment between the average guy and Dominique Sorskan turns out to be a real inequality. It, Un it turns to be really Unfair to him. If what you're saying is that an accusation once leveled, even if disproven, the reputational harm is never undone. There's right, let me just uh, go to the end. Oh here. yeah, that's Spitzer that oh, yeah. moaning about. Of course, himself. because he got his his own yeah, shit. Yeah, he got going screwed on. the same yeah. exact way. And the thing is, you know that when before apparently, if you listen to Dershowitz and Black. The you know the, the somebody at the at the precinct house calls all calls the media guys up saying hey, we got a perp walk for you. it's a beauty <laughs> it's we a got beaut this guy from the IMF <laughs> rich fuck you know yeah, come yeah, on out yeah. take some pictures of him radar online come on boys so of course you want to know if uh, the um and by the way I want to mention something else you remember those in the olden days before the perp walk became institutionalized where these guys would come out of these uh, out of these hearings or whatever they were in and they'd be holding a, a like a blanket over their head right. or they'd yeah, yeah, be yeah, blocking yeah. the view of their face yeah. you don't see that anymore because they cuff them yeah well, I think it went from that to uh, the jacket over the handcuffs, so you wouldn't have the embarrassment of seeing the handcuffs. Now it's just like, shut up, slave, walk, walk. So, of course, we want to know uh, if uh, Bernard uh, Henri Levy, if he thinks that he is guilty. It would not be. Hold on. Wait a minute. Oh, I, I thought have... this was LeBeau you were playing from the Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> I got to work on everything. No. It, it, it's position yeah. of negotiating the international loan agreements that need to be consummated. One thing I'm sure of is that if Dominique Strauss-Kahn had to go out of IMF, it would not be good for the world economy, hey. and it will. It would not be good for the balance of uh, powers and the check and balances mm. all over the world. Now, Final listen. question, Bernard. <laughs> this, is, do, this is great. Do you believe, do you put any credence in the theories that this was perhaps a setup orchestrated by the party of, of President Sarkozy? So no, so that is the, the that's the cover-up, right? Is This is the uh, this is a setup for the French uh, elections. No one's, I haven't seen any mainstream media talk about the actual power that the IMF wields and uh, all these loans that they hand out to everybody and how powerful this guy was in that regard. So, of course, uh, this is crazy. Of course not. This is really plot theory, conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> it is conspiracy theory, and let me tell you what conspiracy theory is. When people are destabilized, where they are 
where they are shocked by an event which they do not understand, they try to find a plot, a plot. because it is comfortable to have a plot. Yes, thank you for explaining my problem. <laughs> it's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's just a coincidence. It's, and now I feel very comfortable. I was so shocked that a douchebag would uh, put his penis against a girl's mouth. I was shocked. I need a plot. I need a conspiracy. Shut up, douchebag. Ah! Anyway, so we'll see what happens, but it's uh, it's good times for sure. Good times. Well, not for this guy. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, and actually, I have to say, I look at his face and I feel kind of bad for him. I, I look at him and I'm like, he's, he's like, I got screwed. Freaking Rorettson. He got well, screwed. you know, the problem is he had this reputation that preceded him, which doesn't help. Yeah, but not of rape. Well, no, that's not true. I mean, that one reporter was supposedly attacked, and there was another woman in 2002 that was supposedly attacked, and it's quite possible that he is a serial rapist. I mean, at least that's the meme they put in there that I picked up on. <laughs> okay. You got it. Serial rapist. Sure. Yeah, well, let's go with that. Yeah, okay. I say uh, look for the Egyptian guy to become the new leader of the IMF. I, yeah, I'm I, not buying that. I don't even know. I, that's so off the wall. It's It's... Not going to happen. When I, I'm shocked, I need a conspiracy theory and I plot. I say Egyptian going to run IMF. No. Well, then let me hit you with something really off the wall. Do you remember that, that crazy story that uh, Hillary Clinton uh, was talking about, that Gaddafi's forces were taking Viagra, uh, to, to staying with a rape meme, uh, and of course, they needed that to uh, to be able to rape all the women of Libya. Remember that crazy story? <laughs> I love that story. Well, guess what? It is now it's true. Then is now the basis for the arrest warrant of Gaddafi from the oh, International no. Criminal Court. Yes, what for, for distributing pharmaceuticals without a license as a pharmacist? Listen to the story, my brother. Our Nick Robertson, uh, Nick, uh, you had a chance to speak uh, with the chief. This is Wolf Blitzer. And, Wolf and, Blitzer. But Wolf can hardly contain his laugh. He thinks it's funny, even. Prosecutor of the International Criminal. Now this is the International Criminal Court. The, the guys that prosecute, you know, like the huge war. The criminals. International Criminal Court is. This is this is the problem with this operation. This is the next. <laughs> you know they're going to be given the international criminal court will be bringing you in for jaywalking oh yeah no we got no no it'll be for being belligerent but that's a different story later on no this is for using your penis as a weapon of mass destruction Less criminal court uh, the the issue being Gaddafi, the libyans what they're doing what did they what did he tell you <laughs> yeah. By the way, we're going to hear the actual guy saying it. Well, one of the things he wants to investigate now, he says, is priorities to investigate allegations of rape, rape that may be systematic and rape that's being assisted, he said, by the distribution of Viagra or Viagra-like <laughs> products, sexually uh, performance-enhancing products that are getting in the hands of uh, Gaddafi's forces and are being used uh, as part of gang rape. And these are allegations that are surfacing that he says he wants to investigate as a priority. So do do they have uh, evidence that, that Libyan uh, military on a systematic basis... Hit Wolf can't believe it himself. He's like, what? <laughs> Do you have evidence of this? We're handing out Viagra to troops to go out and rape women as an act of war? <laughs> John, this is great. Come on, man. Uh, your penis is a weapon of mass destruction. Using Viagra is an act of war. 
Well, this is his concern, and the information that he's getting is coming from a, from a number of sources, but one of those sources is the rebels, who say when they went into military bases to get Gaddafi's weapons, they found supplies of what they call Viagra and condoms, and they're putting this together with, the, with what they say is a systematic uh, sort of disappearance of women when they're being stopped at Gaddafi's checkpoints, taken into military barracks, uh, gang raped in there and they believe these drugs are being used this is what he told me when i asked him about it so so if you thought it was crazy to hear this of crap yeah but now the actual guy the actual head of the international criminal court is going to say this say this there are rapes the issue is who organized them do you and you believe it's institutional they were committed in some police barracks where the policemen prosecuted What's happened? They, they, they have inform- there's some information about Viagra. <laughs> so it's like a machete. It's a new Viagra. Is it's be- you, their penises are being used as machetes? Is what he's saying because of the Viagra. We've gone nuts. I can't believe this is actually a real court. Well, it's not, of course. Well, this is one of the reasons we don't subscribe to this court as a country. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, once in a while, we think it's great that they go after some guy that we don't like. But this is the kind of, you know, when you're it's just, it's just typical of any new agency, anything that crops up, they, they find things to do beyond <laughs> their pale so they can expand. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, they don't have any evidence of any of this. Some guy reported that he saw, you know, for all he knows, you can't tell the difference between Viagra and a uh, and an Aleve. I mean, it's a blue pill, right? By the way, and, he, he uh, said Viagra or Viagra-like products because, of course, you know, they want to leave it open yeah, for the pharmaceutical Yeah, if you're a soldier, ads. you're probably taking a lot of Aleve and ibuprofen. I mean, let's face it, you're going to be bu- bumped around a lot. And then what's the point of the condoms if you're a rapist? That doesn't make any sense. <sighs> I mean, the whole idea of taking Viagra to rape someone is like... If- <laughs> yeah, you're not much of a rapist. <laughs> really good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm sorry. You know, I, rape, like, rape is horrible. Uh, on, take it, kid. Ugh. I don't feel like raping the woman. Take the pill. <laughs> take it. Get on. And you know, I don't want to make light of rape, but this this actually does is disgusting for actual rape victims to have this this news propagated by these douchebags, including the head of the International Criminal Court. Give me a break. The guy's a fool. Hey. Ugh. Well, they sure all know how Viagra works, don't they? I guess. They yeah. probably, you know. Have you ever taken Viagra? Nope. Nah, me neither. Don't need it. No, nah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid of it. Well, I I know people have taken it uh, and they, they they swear by it because you can uh, have, you know, you can you can apparently have sex two or three times in a row. And you're like, right, bang, bang, bang kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> what but kind of it thing? It causes high blood pressure. Yeah. And it, it, you listen to all the you know the blindness. People have heart attacks or blow out their eyeballs. I mean, I just don't like. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like all these drug commercials that we play. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just like it sounds like another one of these drugs you don't want to take. I mean, I and by the way, after I have sex, I just want to go to sleep. As well, you should. <laughs> I was like, that was great, honey. Actually, so let's, it, uh, let's thank. <laughs> never people. mind. Never mind. No, <laughs> All right. Yes, let's thank some people for helping our program here.
Yeah, we do have some producers this uh, show, uh, and uh, we should, of course, because we, there, this will be the last show, I guess, we ever do. Might as well. Might as well get it all because in. Because on Saturday, the world comes to an end. Yeah, we're going to go. <laughs> Gone to Lagoo. Some religious crackpots who believe that the world's going to come to an end. And we did get our $521 donor, which oh, is James nice. Sutton in Arlington, Massachusetts. But first, let's thank James Brewis, who will be our, our executive producer from Jakarta. And he's a big fan of Jakarta. He says, I am full of crap regarding uh, Kuala Lumpur being a party town. He says Jakarta is where the action is. Anyway, he was called out as a douchebag during last week's discussion on uh, Kretek cigarettes. So I continued. Kretek, Kretek, Kretek. So I continue the credit me theme by contributing some of the profits I made from buying and selling shares in Indonesia's largest Kretek producer, HM Samperna, ticker HMSP, <laughs> for all you stock watchers. It's now owned by Philip Morris, is performing so well, blowing out smoke and cash, coming out of its ears every other orifice. Never should have sold. Uh, indirectly, my contribution was thanks to a tip from a longtime Gitmo Nation Clove Cigarettes money manager. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Roland Haas, who is too busy, busy managing other people's money to listen to the show, but does have fond memories of Adam on the radio from his youth growing up in Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Huh. Oh, that's cool. Small world. Yeah, very small world. So a shot of karma to Roland for the continued performance of his funds at HB Capital, brother. For his new baby, Andrew, and karma to my beautiful blonde wife, he needed a double karma. Back home in Gitmo Nation, Dolph Lundgren, who is being sued by a bunch of builders, plumbers, and electricians for non-payment of services rendered. Don't know exactly what she's been getting up to in my absence, but it's expensive. Okay, here comes some karma for y'all. You've got karma. And that goes out to everybody there. And that's uh, he's now a knight. He's donated $1,000 to this show. Uh, awesome. To apparently plug his uh, pal. Uh, James Sutton, like I said, Arlington, Massachusetts, nuts and uh, $521. Nicola Cress in Clarkson, Western Australia. Poor sods. I feel sorry for you guys working your ass off, giving us a, your take on the news. You're always giving me value for money of which you don't get enough. But you might as well send me some karma again and call Julia Gillard, our valued PM, a douchebag. Douchebag. Almost deducer. Buying into the CO2 tax scam, yeah. costing the average Aussie household another $300 yearly, Nice. beginning next year in July or so. No, that's not news, but it still angers me, and I have to uh, pay up again. I give it, I'd rather give it to you guys, so I give us three thirty, three thirty three. And by the way, the GPS shoes for Alzheimer's sufferers, all I can say is boot to the head. Yeah, let me just hand him his karma, as requested. You've got karma. He's also an executive producer then, right? Yeah, he'll be an yeah. executive producer. He's in that 333. Then uh, Tom Wachinski in Welk, Elkins, West Virginia. John, uh, Western Virginia listener. I have a Western Virginia. Uh, I went to school in uh, West Virginia. There you go. I have a West Virginia uh, hoodie. Currently dealing with the IRS. Go Mountaineers! Sorry. $70,000 so I could use some karma. Holy moly. This is not good, my friend. You've anyway. got karma <laughs> but please don't mention my name Yay. yeah well you know if i guess if i read this first and somebody was doing their job on the spreadsheet this wouldn't be an issue it's craig porter chesapeake virginia 22222 hi john and am sorry listening to the show about a month ago and it's great you guys have opened my eyes to how the man is trying to make me a slave and how i can change that i'd like to send some karma to my friend tommy weiss 
He's getting out of the Navy soon. I want to wish him luck. Thanks and keep up the great work. You've got karma. Also an exec, right? I associate executive producer oh, for Great Quarter. Associate and then exec. Michael Miller uh, in Tiburon. The round, this rounds out his knighthood, 200 bucks. At least I got that going for me before the world ends, which is good. <laughs> we will knight him before the world comes to an end on Saturday. <laughs> Wouldn't it be like really messed up if the world did end and we'd be like, and you and I'd be like, well, crap. What happened? Our show, it's over. <laughs> That's not okay. Yeah. We didn't yeah, even get like, to try yeah, Viagra. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm worried sick <laughs> that we're wrong. Uh, well, we really appreciate uh, that support. And a couple of uh, PR mentions. Uh, great little domain name forward going to uh, Dvorak.org slash NA. Noagendabank.com. And there's some big plans for that as well. Looks like uh, some folks are working on an SMS donation system for us, John. A worldwide text messaging donation system. Well, that would be cool. Yeah, no, that's... Well, Mr. Oil is uh, is leading that as usual. You know, he's he's in... All that dirty finance. So uh, yeah, he's been. He said, you know, he sent me all this data. You know, like, oh, this is what the networks take, and my eyes like glazed over. He said, should I do it? I'm like, yeah, whatever, go. So, you know, one penny is good enough. So you can literally just like text message. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, if it works. Yeah, yeah. It'd be uh, something that we could uh, find all kinds of uses for. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, By the way, there has not been a micropayment system that really works. That's a real problem. Well, this will work, but the networks do take a, a more than PayPal, I, I presume, uh, from no. the do- donation. But you know, know. If, if if it's something that we and we'll see if it works. I mean, I appreciate the the help. Uh, we will take all the help we can get. A couple of the domain name forwards: fraudstars.com. Now forwarding to noagendashow.com. Uh, also, Obama bin Laden is dead. dot com. <laughs> We are gonna we're gonna get two to the head one of these days, and um, Mark uh, Hanus uh, is right up there with our uh, our friend from uh, Gitmo Nation Kretek, and uh, he registered a domain name for us, which is now foreign to noagendashow dot com. Kuala Lumpur sucks dot com, which I think is cool. Then we have uh, Strawberry Jam Disease dot com. As you know, Adam and John, strawberry jam disease refers to the condition that afflicts so many of our friends and neighbors. Sufferers can be recognized by their willingness to believe anything they hear on TV or read on the interwebs. So that makes sense that that is now uh, being forwarded to noagendashow.com. Quick note from uh, Eric the Shill. uh, And I just want this is internal memo. Rings are shipping uh, to him on the 20th. So he should receive them by the end of the month. The night rings will go out a few days later. Bottom line, rings will be en route to the nights by the 10th of June. But, of course, that's only if the world doesn't end on Saturday. Another uh, Ford uh, domain name, shitdisturber.com and shitdisturber.com slash donate. Um, following on uh, Bill Clinton's idea to bring in a ministry of truth and a credibility bar, credibilitybar.com is now uh, registered and forwarding to noagendashow.com. GitmoNationSlave.com is now forwarding along with LoneWolfTerrorist.com and OfficialCensorship.com. We, uh, we need to put a consolidated list together. We really do. I mean, I'm afraid of that because there's like a lot of work. 
you. Well, I have it all. I have it all. I think I have it all, but uh, I'll work on it. Okay, a couple other quick things. Uh, Saturday, we have uh, the Gitmo Slave uh, End of Days streaming uh, extravaganza starting at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Gitmo Nation West Time. Gitmo Slave uh, rolling out all the tunes live uh, as our End of Days party. Uh, so we can have one more big bang on the stream before we all leave. Uh, my personal shout out to Ted C. Howard, who has been working very hard uh, with a lot of the back end stuff on the No Agenda News Network, which is looking better every single day. Of course, you can get to the show notes now by uh, giving the episode number dot dot com. So for today, it will be three zero five dot dot com. And uh, uh, Miss Mickey wants to thank everybody who's been sending us great invitations for great stuff on the No Agenda Nation Tour, the uh, Hot Pockets Across uh, Gitmo Nation, uh, which will kick off somewhere mid-July. And you can email her, mickey at curry.com. She, she did want to point out, she, you know, we're not necessarily looking for places where John can be flown in for a live show, uh, and that's mainly because she doesn't want any grumpy men on the road. Well, what's she going out with you for? <laughs> um, also, uh, you know, it may be appropriate to do a meetup here or there, but lots of people are like, yeah, we'll get an auditorium. We'll do a big meetup. I, I, <laughs> we get I, 13 people to I show th- up. I think we're just kind of looking on. for a, for, some, for some dinner and stuff, you know, and uh, just uh, kind of like hang out. And if there's something that makes sense, of course, do that. Thank you, darling. Yeah, yeah, fat burger. <laughs> fat burger. In and out burger. Uh, so keep emailing her, though. And we still do not have an official uh, uh, RV, a couple of... Uh, a couple of options here and there, but uh, we're still looking for uh, something that can kind of guaranteed get up the hill, uh, won't fall apart, uh, that isn't a family heirloom, uh, anything. That, <laughs> we've had a couple of those. Well, that's there he uh, goes off Pike's Peak. <laughs> and uh, but we really appreciate the help, and of course uh, to our executive producers for today's program: James Brewis, James Sutton, Nicola Cress, Tom. Uh, oh, we weren't supposed to mention his name, Tom. And uh, our associate executive hillbilly. Yes. What's it? What is he calling himself? Random hillbilly. And we have. Uh, Random. You know, hillbilly. if you're in West Virginia and you go driving around aimlessly and stop and pull over, you'll have a bullet fly past your head very often in the haulers. That's bull crap. Mm. I went to school in West Virginia. That's bull crap. You didn't go driving around. You always stuck I around. I went driving around plenty. Plenty. Well, I'm surprised you made it. All <laughs> three months after I, before I left. And our associate executive producers, Craig Porter and uh, Michael Miller, uh, everyone else knows how to support the show, of course. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And even if you're just at home and you're a boner, not a donor, there's one thing you can always do, which is propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. All right, say it loud and proud if you can. Shut up, and also go to noagendanation.com as your our backup site. And there's also there's a store there. And it's very Someone, easy someone to emailed me, I think it was Sir George from Gibbon Nation Lowlands. He was trying to buy a shirt and he, for some reason, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't check out or something. I don't know. Oh, well, just, you better just send an email to Eric the Shill. Hello, everybody. Hello, Memphis. I've been working on it. Yeah, you, you, you got the one thing. Which well, is he's fine. changed. But, but listen, I, I can do it along with him. Like, hello, hello everybody. everybody. Hello, everybody. Listen, listen, listen. Hello. hello. I can do it. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. How you doing? How 
How are you? Good to see you, guys. Good to see you, guys. How hello, you doing? Hello, 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 everybody. Hello. So, <laughs> hello. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? See, I can do it when I hear him, but past that, it gets hard. Well, yeah, that's why no, you know, there's not, there hasn't been a comic. I mean, comics are dying trying to get this guy down, even though he's very distinctive and it's, it drives a lot of you know, mimics crazy. This. So this if character. I if I really get it, I could be on Saturday Night Live, perhaps. In blackface. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we'll work on so it. So there's a couple of things going on in, in uh, national politics that I wanted to talk about. Sure. Mainly the Republicans are like, I don't know what they're up to. But they, for one thing, there's a lot of stories about Newt Gingrich. and Who cares uh, about Newt Gingrich? I mean, well, why, the why thing is, care? Newt Gingrich, if you look back on before he, he announced for presidency, I think somebody out there who listens to our show likes to follow this stuff. So start looking at his finances. Because there was a big stink about how Newt turned on the party and he's never going to get the nomination. All this, Yet he's, he is going to collect public funding. I think there is a, a scam afoot. To, you know, run for office, not seriously. And I think Trump is, was playing, toying with this idea until his, his ego got in the right way. And it turned out that when he had to do these disclosures, they weren't going to be making him look very good. Can I just stop you there for a second about Trump? Because, of course, I predicted that he would run and, uh, and you predicted he would not. I would have rescinded my prediction. Uh, we didn't get to it. But after the uh, Obama, uh, whew, I did it. After the Osama bin Laden killing, ha! yeah, I know, I met the first time actually. So after the Osama bin Laden killing, uh, I w- if if we if it come up, I don't think it came up. I would have said there's no way because you know, that changed everything. The whole media landscape, everything changed, and the r- finances are not. I think I still think he was actually serious about it. Yeah, well, you could. This is interesting in hindsight. You'd say that, but I never thought he was. No, I was and, wrong, but it doesn't matter that I can still have hindsight whether I was wrong or not. I'm not trying to cover anything up. Okay, I'm just saying. It was on April 21st, by the way, when you made that commentary. Boy, he, John wrote down one thing, everybody. Hello, everybody. I write down every prediction. I got this one here. May 19th predicts Egypt guy will take IMF spot. <laughs> I write this. I got this red book of predictions. I've been doing this for some time over a year. And so I just flip through and I highlight them with a highlighter. So if I'm looking for one, I just flip through till I see highlighting. What stuff. color is your highlighter? Uh, well, the one for the IMF is orange, but normally I use yellow. Oh, okay. I can't find my yellow one. Oh, no. Okay. So where was I? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I think that I always thought Gingrich is didn't he doesn't want to run seriously. But the other one is they're going after Rick Santorum. Everybody's going after Rick Santorum. And now, I find who is that this guy? Of, no one cares about him either. No, but everybody, I don't. I never thought he was a candidate, but they're, the, the left, for some reason, is scared of him. Or I don't know what the problem is, but they keep bringing him up. They're the ones who bring him up, but they keep bringing him up for one sole purpose, which is to get you to Google him. Oh, that's why. Uh, so he gets Google juice. He gets, a, well, they have him, fit, it's rigged, because in Google, if you if you type in Rick Santorum, you get this definition for something called Santorum. Uh, that's a, that was some, some radio guy did that, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's number one on the on the Google hit list, and it keeps showing up as number one, so they, so these... these <laughs> okay, Santorum. Do I read this? You, well, you're, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the frothy mix of lube and fecal matter that is sometimes the byproduct of anal sex. Two, Senator Rick Santorum. <laughs> that really sucks. 
And so this, so spreadingsantorum.com. So I wanted, I've got <laughs> splooge. This is so I'm, I'm, I've got two clips where they, where they, where I think is a very douchebaggy thing to do, but I want to play them both and I'm going to explain them both. They're short, but play the Tom Hart. First of all, what they've done is I find this interesting is the left. And actually, the Republicans, too. And, I, and I, the only reason I'm playing this is because I don't care about Santorum. And I don't think he has a prayer. And he doesn't even look presidential. I don't even know why he's running. I think just maybe to scam some of that public money and then pass it out to your friends. Uh, believe me, I think there's a total scam going on with some of these candidates. But they, uh, they've, they've decided to, to kind of derail this guy by making him get into a fake kind of feud with McCain. Supposedly, Santorum says McCain doesn't know about torture. Right, I, I heard do. about that. Yeah, I did. But hear it's bullcrap because he never even uses the word torture. And Tom Hartman actually thumb. blows this up. Thom. It's Thom. Thom. I'm the sorry. Thom simply don't work. Santorum responded that McCain doesn't understand how enhanced interrogation works. No, stop! 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 Now you play that he doesn't understand how enhanced interrogation works is what he says. Some casual comment. The, everybody on the left, and I'm going to play Hartman, and then uh, then that idiot Rachel. Uh, they uh, they rewrite the quote and, and change enhanced interrogation to to, to uh, torture. And Hartman is one, or I'm sorry, Santorum is one of these guys that doesn't believe that waterboarding is torture, and that's all this was about. But watch the way he just twists the quote and then requotes him with something he didn't say, and then slips the Google thing in. Right, the guy who's actually been tortured doesn't know how torture works, but Santorum, who's been a career politician, knows everything about torture. Santorum is also the guy who still insists we found WMDs in Iraq. I think we found a new campaign platform for Santorum. Vote Santorum. He's a frothy mix of lies and nonsense. Oh, oh man. Oh, no. He didn't say frothy, did he? Yep. And then he said, don't Google him. Oh, my God. That was that a douchebag? Oh, douchebag. What a horrible douche, Thom. Thom. So, so oh, to make it worse, God. Rachel Maddow <laughs> takes the exact same tact. And I'll just play this short little clip. She actually expects, she uses the, she interchanges torture with uh, enhanced interrogation too. And she just ma- makes, makes up a quote and then goes on and on. But it, this goes on for a long time. And I only have a very short clip because I want to explain what's really going on here. Play the Rachel Maddow thing. Fully expecting to be directed to what must have been his apology for saying that John McCain doesn't understand torture the way he does, the way Rick Santorum does. We called his campaign fully expecting it to be faxed right over. We have not heard back from Mr. Santorum's campaign, but as far as we can tell, there has as yet been no apology. Again, for Rick Santorum saying that John McCain doesn't understand torture. Rick Santorum has not apologized for that. The beginning of this clip, she says you have to Google him to look for the apology, and the apology never showed up. And on the screen behind her, there is the Google screen with Rick Santorum typed into the Google box. <laughs> and then she goes and she brings another guy on, some investigative reporter, and then they're showing a clip of Rick Santorum in the left box. He's in the right box. And under Santorum is a Google search box with Rick Santorum <laughs> typed in. Would somebody please uh, register frothymix.com? It just sounds nice, doesn't it? I mean, it's Frothy like these mix. people are disgusting. <laughs> they have. I can't believe you watch this crap. It's unbelievable to me that they have no <laughs> guile whatsoever. So they have no 
There is unethical. It's disgusting. It's just making fun. Oh, it's like a bunch of little kids making fun of this quote that keeps showing up, the Sanctorum thing. Well, it's funny. Frothy It mix. is funny, but it's like, how does this qualify as great news coverage or anything to do? It's like juvenile funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and these people would pride themselves, you know, as being some sort of analysts or whatever. I believe me, it just go. I just thought it was beneath the. I don't like Santorum at all, and I. But I just thought this was ludicrous. So you said something interesting that uh, that there's like a scam. I'm just thinking. So if we register uh, as candidates, can we then get public money? Is that the way it works? I don't know what you have to have. It's some. It's you don't just get public money by signing up. Oh, well, you have to know. have a certain number of people. You know that you have to have some. You well, have to we, fill up. We got a certain number of people. How many you do need we need to fill up? You need a team of people. We got a team of people. Look at what a we got. A team of people that like to fill out government paperwork. Well, okay. Well, whoops. <laughs> we were going strong for a moment there. I don't know what there. you have to do to get the money, but I'm totally convinced that people are running for these offices and, 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 and claiming to be. And I don't know when the money kicks in, but I think you have to get yourself past a certain point, And then all of a sudden you get public financing by the millions. Right. You know, hundreds cool. of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions. I think it's like something like $100 million for president or, or more. Dude, and, could you uh, imagine how awesome that would be? And then you get, you obviously you're not supposed to spend it, but you know what these guys do? <laughs> they got the private jets. They got their buddies uh-huh. in the advertising uh-huh. business. That they, yeah. Oh, how much, like I'm running and, hey, Adam, how much do you want for that ad that you? I want you to run for me? And you say, well, I need a million dollars. Perfect. I mean, just, it's a scam. No, this is perfect. I want to be a, if, if it's a legal scam, we should try it out. Someone's got to be able to figure this out for us. Well, I, there's this is a legal scam. There is no way that these guys aren't bilking the tax. But this is why, by the way, another reason why public funding and 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 uh, election reform and all the rest of it won't fly because this is as corrupt as soft money ever was. I mean, it's ridiculous and nobody ever brings this up. Why did you pay so much money to that advertising agency for that ad that you ran? It was in, worth it. In Omaha. It was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. Was it. Worth it. Value for value. Uh, you know, how many kickbacks are going on? Curry Dvorak 2012. Dude, can you imagine? And then we'd actually kick back money to every single one of our donors. <laughs> yeah, we could we could kick yeah, back some money right up front. That we're going to just take the money and scam it out there. That's what, that's. I'm telling you, I'm convinced that Gingrich, Santorum, all these characters who have no chance in hell of ever becoming ele- nominated, let alone elected. Uh, maybe you have to get the nomination from the party to get the money. I don't know where the money kicks in, John, but it does John. kick in. Now, I just want now now. I just want and to by show. The way, wait, wait. The other <laughs> wait, thing wait, is, there's before more. you get the government money. You're getting all these donations from people, and yeah, and right. uh, we have that. We've got the donations. We have the yeah, whole I know, setup. We have donations. These are tax-free donations that have to be that go into the fund for. You know, it's why it's are you so? Excuse, first of all, if you had to do no work and we just got a hundred million and we could spend it on our friends, why would you even complain? You're like being so negative. No, because I don't. It's not as simple as you make it sound. Like you sign up, and here's a check, kid, for a hundred <laughs> no, million. No, of course not. But we got a lot of p- smart here. I want to show you how smart our people are. You got a web browser there? Type in frothymix.com. <laughs> you already, they already came in. Of course, <laughs> it's already up. It's already up and rocking, baby. <laughs> hey, hold on a second. I got an in, in the, the morning. In the morning for everybody listening live on the stream. You guys kick ass.
We could we could beat anyone's ass, John, easily. You know, um, uh, Mickey said something interesting. We were watching uh, the, the the neurosurgeon talk about uh, Congresswoman Giffords, and uh, you know, like they had to take a piece of her skull off, and uh, you know, let her brain uh, expand a little bit, and then they put a chip in uh, to measure or something. And uh, and Mickey wasn't even thinking about the chip part, but she said, "Next president of the United States." And I, I said, "Well, it's probably too late. She can't run." But uh, wow, what literally. a setup, huh? <laughs> yeah, literally, she could certainly run in four years. Uh, She's cute. She got kind of that Hillary hair look, so she can be a part uh, of that. Could, she could possibly, she uh, could do you it, know, right? she, yeah, she probably yeah. got some terrible brain damage from getting shot in the face. Yeah, but she got a chip but, now, which is like all set up and ready to go. Yeah, the chips in there. <laughs> the now. chips in, and we're good to go. Ah, fantastic. So, uh, if you want to change topics, I do have one bad acting clip for the week. Really, I had one too. Well, do I just play this, or does it need setup? Just play it. No setup. You don't know me, Castle. You think you do, but you don't. <laughs> is that bad acting or what? So this is uh, we we are paying homage to the uh, soap operas that are uh, going away. As uh, now, that's actually from Castle, the, the prime time show. I have a clip for you, John. Uh, this is uh, some excellent acting. I'm the D, and uh, well, you know. And you're, you're MTV. Adam, you're Adam Kern. <laughs> well, last time I looked, at least. You guys always dress like this when you go to work? Uh, no, we have a wedding to go to, actually. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I should have called, but I'm just around the corner. Hey, right. no, hey no, forget it. Drop by no. any time. Oh, well, so I'm hosting the Bay Area Music Awards. and I, think- <laughs> I remember doing this. And I remember thinking, like, hosting the Bay Area Music Awards, they won't even let me host the MTV Music Awards. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even give me a ticket to sit in the audience. VJs weren't allowed to go to the Video Music Awards. And here I am. Oh, that's for- funny because I, I, was, uh, I used to write for uh, Dennis, who put on the Bay Area Music Awards, and I always went to him. And I, when I heard, saw that clip, I said, that's funny. I don't remember Adam ever hosting these awards. Well, it gets even better. I, I just dropped by for a second. All right, cool. I mean, we're not, I, we're not uh, I mean, we've been around for a little while, but, I, you know, we're not exactly a household word. How does what do you mean? One yet. Well, f- well, first of all, I read the papers and I read my mail. That's right. Uh, another funny thing. I read my mail. Uh-huh. Right. I wrote Adam a little while ago yeah. and obviously we're he read all, the mail. Yeah, we're always looking for fresh talent. And, which is another, like, we're always looking for fresh talent. The MTV was not looking for fresh talent. They were looking for whoever the, the record companies made a deal with us to, to play. We're not looking for fresh talent for anything. So why were you on this show lying? Yeah, it would hurt, believe me. So what is the what was the, the genesis of you showing up on that soap opera as a cameo, as yourself? As part of the MTV publicity machine. Oh. Yeah, and I hate it. I remember you had to sit there at Silver Cup Studios. It took a whole day. Waiting, yeah, everything waiting. takes a whole day. A whole day just waiting. It was a one take, but it was a whole day waiting just to do the scene. Well, I thought you did a great job. I think you, you were better actor than those two guys. <laughs> yeah, but I was acting myself. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but this is what most acting is. Yeah. Uh, if, shh, don't tell Mickey. <laughs> don't tell her. I have, um, I have a little segment that is new uh, on the horizon. Uh, it's called Annoy John, and I have f- a couple clips to annoy you with. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, your fr- <laughs> this is your friend Vivek Kundra. Oh, please! <laughs> and he's being interviewed for the Economist, uh, like some session they had. 
This is the chief information officer of the United States. And I just want you to hear about some of his great accomplishments. Well, I think, uh, for example, when uh, I was in the District of Columbia as a CTO there at the city level, what we did is we decided to say, well, why is it that um, every resident in the district doesn't have access to uh, where a snowplow is on a real-time basis? So we literally installed sensors on uh, snowplows so you could see where they were, but also you could see whether the plow was up or down. And we asked people to publicly you know, vote or give us input on the most efficient routes in terms of whether they, their uh, neighborhood was plowed or not. So we were getting really good feedback in terms of where the demand was and what some of the issues were. So I think there's a did fundamental shift. Did you actually respond? Shift. But did you respond to that information? Absolutely. So yeah. what ended up happening yeah. is the uh, Department of Transportation in D.C., they actually ended up redeploying some of the assets right. based on, you know, the, the input we were getting from the public. Right. And the Obama... Is that guy a douchebag or what? <laughs> He put sensors on snow plows and actually could see if the snow plow was up or down. Whoo! Wonder how much that cost. And what good did it do? Uh, so here's a, it's a couple of buzzwords here that I think we need to incorporate into our, uh, into our show in this next clip. Let me ask that, answer that question with a question, which is... Let me answer that question with a question. First of all, it's a good one, right? You know, how come we all feel so comfortable when it comes to voice, Right. So if we look at our voice networks, and one of the things that I usually push back on is somehow treating cloud again as this uh, magical, special thing. If you look at the government, we already have over 4,000 systems. They're not government-owned and operated. They're being operated by third parties, Lockheed, Raytheon, Boeing, Deloitte, and so forth. I think what we need to be able to do um, is make sure within our current construct that uh, as we move to the cloud, we'll create an environment where... We're becoming more secure. We're trusting and verifying, right, in terms of what are the security measures. I think there's this false sense of security right now where people feel like they signed some type of document and it's a certification, and we are secure. In this new world, you're going to need to have real-time dashboards telling you what the attack vectors oh. look like. And- well, you, you missed it. <laughs> a real-time dashboard yeah, telling us it. what the attack vector looks like. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> Listen. People feel like they signed some type of document and it's a certification, and we are secure. In this new world, you're going to need to have real-time dashboards telling you what the attack vectors look like and what we're doing in terms of security controls. Yeah, we need attack vector dashboards. What the heck is he talking about? <laughs> Why does this guy stay in this position? Are you annoyed yet? I've been, I know, the guy's, his whole <laughs> adenoidal style of talking through his nose is, is annoying enough. Well, he has the final solution. And he's full of crap. <laughs> so the, here it is. This is the answer to everything. He, he's going to tell us where we're going. Can you guess what it is? <laughs> Come on. Binary. <laughs> well, uh, you know, when I was in D.C., I worked uh, very closely with uh, Michelle Rhee on um, looking at uh, some of the tough challenges we have in our public school system, especially at the intersection of technology. So what do we have to do in our public school system? What do you think uh, we should be doing with our kids? Add more computers. No, John. You're not hip enough. Uh, And driving innovations. And one of the big challenges you see, again, using that tire and road analogy, I would argue that our books in classrooms have pretty much been static. And uh, one of the more interesting things you see is we're teaching outdated content. 
we're talking about the television and our physics classes as sort of the model of innovation. Um, and, uh, you know, this what? ARPA ad program. <laughs> what physics class is teaching television as the model of innovation? It's outdated content, John. It's static. What? It's a bull crap. Wait, but wait. Um, and also what uh, Secretary Duncan is doing with the race to the top, where I'm very, very involved in is uh, thinking about how do we disrupt the sort of the textbook space. The t- <laughs> Disrupt the textbook space? <coughs> and then on top of that, how do we actually look at the data.gov platform, platform. to create an app economy? Uh. Imagine K through 12 students working with raw data sets around healthcare and developing apps. There's a class actually at Stanford University <laughs> where they, all they focus on is iPhone apps to make sure that they're focused on the next generation economy rather than just the past. That's right. We need to work on the app economy with our kids. The app economy. <laughs> a bunch of high school kids. <laughs> the app economy. What a clown. Yeah. He cracks me up. I watched the whole thing just to pull a couple clips just to annoy you. But I like the dashboard for attack vectors. I think I need, oh, yeah. I, dashboard I, I need one of those. Vectors. A dashboard attack vectors. This is the guy who is uh, moving us all to the cloud, everybody. This is the guy who I'm sure I will accuse him is taking kickbacks. He certainly took an award. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that award, if you think about it, I mean, I thought they were kind of sensitive about that. That is essentially a bribe. Totally a bribe. And you watch, you'll be buying stuff from HP who gave it to him. That guy's a total douche. So, um, well, it's a part of the Obama administration, which has gone completely crazy about a couple of things. I do have one thing I want to just since we're talking about this group uh, and the fact that oh, I do have a little clip about him banning a Boston Herald reporter from his visit to Boston. Yeah, this was kind of weird. This Ministry of Truth move they made. Uh, they wouldn't let uh, they only chose. What was it? Uh, re- reporters they felt would be fair. Yeah, no, that would kiss their ass. Well, the, 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 but they said, be fair to be invited to his uh, DNC. Hello, everybody. Uh, donor event. Well, here, play the Obama thin-skinned about Boston Herald. This is uh, Lou Dobbs summarizing. The White House press office refusing to give the Boston Herald access to the president's Boston fundraiser because the paper ran a Mitt Romney op-ed on its front page. The gall of those people. The administration objected to their placement of the opinion piece on the front page and blasted the Herald saying, pool reporters are chosen based on whether or not they cover the news fairly. This isn't the first time the Obama administration has punished the media. Earlier this year, a San Francisco Chronicle reporter banned from the press pool for filming this protest with her cell phone. The White House argued that she was part of the print pool, and therefore that means she could only have a pen and pad, no iPad, no iPhone, no phone. And at another event earlier this year, members of the vice president's staff looked at a, uh, locked an Orlando Sentinel reporter in the closet. A lot of people thought that wasn't very nice. <laughs> How come they didn't go call him on false imprisonment for that locking in the closet thing? Because the guy didn't uh, press charges. He just he wrote a, he wrote about it. He just complained about it. I thought the this the and I do I don't think we even discussed it on the show. I had it in the show notes about the uh, reporter who filmed with her cell phone. And said, "Oh no, you we're kicking you out because you're print only. You can't use an app economy." Yeah, how's that jive with the app economy? <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, speaking of the whole app economy, 
the Obama administration, uh, the one uh, that we all voted in, has uh, released their International Strategy Cyberspace Fact Sheet uh, for the uh, Cyber Strategy Strategy. And I've uh, and this will be in the show notes at 305.nashownotes.com. I've uh, marked it up, John. I've uh, I've used a digital highlighter because I'm a part of the app economy, and I would just like to read the three relevant bits that uh, I'd like your input on. When warranted, the United States will respond to hostile acts in cyberspace as we would to any other threat to our country. We reserve the right to use all necessary means, diplomatic, informational, military, and economic, as appropriate and consistent with applicable international law in order to defend our nation, our allies, our partners, and our interests. In doing so, we will exhaust all options before military force whenever we can. We will carefully weigh the cost and risk of action against the cost of inaction and will act in a way that reflects our values and strengths, our legitimacy, seeking broad international support whenever. So I think that means if you hack us, we will bomb you. Isn't that kind of what it means? <laughs> That's a message to China. Oh, is that, that what it is? Yeah, well, China's. He, here's the yeah, message. We, we, we're very suspicious of what China's up to on, their, on the internets. So here's something that uh, is probably not in your prediction book, but uh, which we caught uh, months ago when Hillary Clinton said it. Uh, under the heading Law Enforcement Extending Collaboration and the Rule of Law, uh, point two, harmon- we, we, the United States will harmon- harmonize, that's my favorite word, harmonize cybercrime laws internationally by expanding accession to the Budapest Convention. Now you'll recall the Budapest Convention, uh, which we, if you were listening to the show, which we discussed in its entirety, essentially says you can't like say anything nasty about anybody. If you make somebody cry, then you're in violation of the law. Yes, it's the ultimate in politically correct. Under Internet governance, uh, the United States will preserve global network security and stability, including the domain name system. So what does this mean? Now they're taking over the DNS system? I I know they're already, like, hijacking it, but is the United States now actually saying we're taking over the domain name system? Well, we've, we've actually always had it. We've already taken. Yeah, but we, it's we not. A, it's not a government thing. It's the ICANN. It's a. Uh, it's it's. Yeah, an well, that's what I think. They're just going to let ICANN run it. I don't know what's going on. All I know is that there's a there's a big fear, especially in ICANN, that the UN will get hold of it. Oh, that would be even worse. <laughs> and they believe that the UN, uh, especially the technical people who are involved in trying to grab the uh, DNS system, are so incompetent that the whole network will fall apart in no time because they don't know what they're doing, A, and they're already trying to segment the net. There's all these technical issues. Every time I've talked to the ICANN folks in their offices down south, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple times because they keep dragging me in because they get they take a lot, a lot of writers, they bring them in to, to brainwash them so we try <laughs> to get the word out uh-huh. that the uh, UN is bad actors and they're going to screw things up and and uh, you know we should leave things the way they are because we're doing a good job and I, I actually buy into their argument but I've never ri- written about it to any extreme but I'm fairly familiar with what they're trying to accomplish so another little thing while we're all being distracted by Arnold Schwarzenegger's love child and uh, by uh, DSK and the president's Arab Spring speech is uh, this language that we discussed on the last show inserted into this uh, uh, war, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, war, mm, war powers, 
which was slipped into it's I'm sorry National Defense Authorization Bill. Uh, yeah, Section ten thirty four. Right. So here's the the little ditty that I didn't know about. The provision uh, would purport to give the president unchecked power uh, to attack unspecified countries, organizations, and people, no matter in the world where they might be located. Um, the military could even be used to go after Americans in America. The targets would not have to be represent, not even represent a national security risk. The language calls them so-called belligerents. If you are belligerent. <laughs> that means you. Well, and I, I looked it up, right? So belligerent, adjective, hostile and aggressive, bull-necked belligerent. I'm like, yeah, that is me. And now the stories are starting to show up with, with belligerent in them. This uh, woman who was in the in the quiet please car on the train and she was talking on her on her cell phone. What do they call her now? Belligerent. So this is it. You now are a lone wolf belligerent. <laughs> I mean, that's just I, crazy. I told, you, I told you long ago that this show it's is not a as, limited yeah, life. Well, that's why we've got to run for office. We've got to get us some dough. Because you can be belligerent that way. But this is crazy. And, it's, and it, 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 did you see 60 Minutes about... Um, Ooh, uh, what are they calling it now? We went from lone wolves. This, of course, is all under the uh, Securite terror. Squirrel! This is um, sovereign citizens. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I wanted to... I saw the end of it. I didn't watch the beginning, so I, I missed the premise. But the sovereign citizen movement is supposed to be huge, and I wanted, actually wanted to turn it into one of a uh, topic on one of the shows. Well... Uh, I, I, well, you probably have followed it. But tell me what you know. Well, uh, what I know is uh, sov- the sovereign city. Apparently, it's a movement that is not documented as such, but uh, they do have an expert, an expert on uh, 60 Minutes who can tell us exactly uh, what a sovereign citizen is. Now, first of all, the whole joke of this is we are sovereign citizens. By definition, are we not? By definition, but, Americans are sovereign citizens. Sovereign citizens. Every yeah, single one I think they want to eliminate that from the way we think about our, our republic and turn us into a you know central, central government democracy. Well, uh, they're on their way. And this expert is great. Well, they're, they're, it's almost done. It's a done deal. <laughs> this expert that they have on 60 Minutes is awesome. But first, so the way they, they set it up is, remember the, um, the uh, father and son and they had a shootout with the cops and... Uh, Remember, they were like, I can't, it was like a year ago or so. So they, of course, are the sovereign citizens, and they get the father of one of the cops who was killed, and he is now the sovereign citizen hunter. If Brandon and Bill had known these oh, yeah, were sovereign yeah, this guy. citizens, they would be with us today. They didn't know. What is a sovereign citizen? Sovereign citizen, in its simplest form, believes that he is above the law. Oh, okay, hold on a second. Believes that he is above the law. J.J. McNabb has been studying sovereign citizens for a decade. She's testified before Congress and is writing a book about the movement. She's writing a book about the movement, coincidence. He has a twisted sense of history, and he thinks that people who lived in the 18th century were free of all legal constraints and they want to return to that time now jerry and joe kane were part of an anti-government movement whose roots date back to the racist posse comitatus of the 1970s now that's weird was there actually a group called posse comitatus in the 70s you know i was around in the 70s <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't remember anything well, maybe okay. i was 
wasted on <laughs> on speed balls. I don't know. <laughs> Eight balls. Well, what's funny is so the the B roll while they talk about these groups from the seventies is of course you know guys with assault rifles in uh, you know on the target range. In the Montana Freeman of the nineties. Do you remember the Montana Freeman of the nineties? No. <laughs> you well, you remember the nineties? You remember the Montana Freeman? No, of course I don't. Bullcrap. Convicted Oklahoma City bomber Terry Nichols was a sovereign citizen. No, oh, I remember him. That guy was bad. He I was don't a- remember him being a sovereign citizen during that whole melee, the entire, all the stuff that was in the media. I don't remember that ever being brought up. Do you? Nope. In tax filings by actor Wesley Snipes, <laughs> convicted of tax evasion in 2008, include numerous examples of sovereign language. This is this one got what me. What does that mean? This he one uses got the word me. too many times. This one got me. They got- <laughs> they got Wesley Snipes as a sovereign citizen. You be- <laughs> tax dodger. Yeah. Average sovereign citizen today is thirty. Okay. Well, that counts. Okay. That leaves us out. Well, no, but I mean, I I, I could say I'm thirty. You know, I understand. Thirty-five. Oh, well, thirty-five. Keeps going up. And I just gotta gotta get every single little bit in there. And he is in economic dire straits. Uh huh. No, that's our show. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, they've probably lost their job. <laughs> <laughs> yep, lost the job. Oops, <laughs> lost the job. They've probably lost the wife. Yep. <laughs> They are. Conspiracy theorists? Most are. Oh, Do you trust the government? I would argue that it's un-American to trust the government. Alfred Addis told us he's never advocated violence, yet listen to what he said on his internet radio show. So he, this is what got me. Uh-oh. Now they're pulling out the internet radio show. This is it's about the, time. This is where we get our heads chopped off, John. <laughs> because I can just see the 60-minute piece. And, of course, you'll be no part of it. You know, you you'll, you won't even be. I'll, like, I'll bail. Adam Adam Curry did his own internet radio show by himself <laughs> for an audience, a small, a small elite audience of sovereign citizens, and he called the arms. We do not have the right to keep and bear arms, so we can go duck hunting. We have the right to keep Squirrel. and bear arms in order to shoot our own politicians. We have the right. You said <laughs> we have the right. I think I've said that. I think I've actually said well, that. It's funny, you know, he, he, he does, I think the point he makes, which is we do not have the right to keep and bear arms to go duck hunting, right. is exactly right. And, and it's funny because it's gotten into the lexicon that, oh, you know, this it's a hunting rifle, so it's okay to have that. No, the whole, the whole idea. So, so they, 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 it actually has been kind of twisted. So he makes an interesting point. I don't think it was necessary to kill, go out and kill politicians, He didn't obviously. say kill, he said shoot. Shoot. <laughs> There's a difference. They shoot. But the point is, is this is what did happen. I mean, I, I bring up the Cassius Clay, uh, the original Cassius Clay, the politician. Yeah, with, the, with his, with his cannon. That example, and there's other examples. With his cannon. Yeah, with his cannon. And, you know, if you did that nowadays, you'd be, you know, you'd be in Gitmo. But so the whole, okay, uh, attention, 60 Minutes producer, edit starts here. So the whole idea behind... The uh, right to bear arms was to, you know, to form a well-regulated militia and to always have a form of power above uh, the central government or even the state government. Am I misunderstanding that, John? Isn't, well, isn't, I don't know. I mean, I think you could argue that and, and, and make hay with it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Of course, that you become wait a minute, sovereign wait, 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 citizen, wait. nutball. 60 minutes. Splice here. Splice John out <laughs> here. <laughs> They're only going to use me. Yeah, I hope so. And we'll have Mickey like... 
You have a better voice than I do. We'll have Mickey going like, yeah, I was always a little yeah, worried I, about I, him. You know, that, those guys, that, and him, he was he was twisting my mind. I, I, I came to this country thinking good things, and then he, he twisted my mind and made me made me think evil things. I was all for Obama I'm, until uh, I hooked up with Adam, and then all of a sudden... That's a big Obama fan. I was totally on board with hope and change, and then all of a sudden, you know, I was like, Adam, he reprogrammed. I was trapped. I was trapped in the hilltop watchtower crackpot command center. Now, the one thing I got out, even though, like I said, I didn't see the beginning of that piece. I I do have it on tape. I just never went back to it. Uh, There was one interesting piece, tidbit in there that I thought was fascinating. Uh, You know, forget all the rest of it. This one little thing. Apparently, a few of these guys are so kind of freakishly paranoid that when they get a parking ticket, they they file paperwork by the I guess the carloads against the person who wrote them the ticket, you know, accusing, you know, suing them and doing all these things you know, for unconstitutional behavior. And they get and I guess they have ruined through just the inundation of lawsuits and paperwork, which I think you can do, by the way, with just pretty you can ruin people with uh, legal action. Yeah, easily. They have made a business out of it. And so the people are scared to death of these guys for that reason. <coughs> huh. I was thinking, geez, this is interesting. Huh. Yeah, they were suing everybody. I so, mean, a couple of them. Apparently there's a model for, I guess, within this whatever this, I don't know what organization there is out there, but there's probably one, I'm guessing, that has, you know, a, a folder that you can download that has all the paperwork in it for just suing the crap out of everybody. Just for- Tonight on 60 Minutes, we look at the sovereign citizen known as Adam Curry. He was... Oh, wait a minute. He was killed in a gunfight at the hill, what he called the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center. He held hostage there an actress named Mickey Hoogan, an alias. Her real name was Mickey Hoogendike. Here's what she had to say as she discussed how she was brainwashed <laughs> by Adam Curry. Well, if that, that you're actually joking about it, but it's a possibility. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know about that laugh. I don't think it's... Uh, it, and you so, wanna... I mean, if you're going to go in this direction, I've got a clip. Uh, <coughs> this guy, mm-hmm. and I think people should look him up. It became, a, it, all of a sudden, it got into the news. This has been going on for a while, this guy, Thomas Drake. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, wow, he was the guy that was accused of... Uh, Selling nuclear secrets, right? Well, you know the whole thing. He didn't, is a of scam. course. He didn't. He's the guy's getting railroaded. No, he didn't do anything. He, he, but he made a kind of an interesting error in judgment. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah he did. <laughs> let's look at it from. Let me just give you an overview. He worked for the, I guess, with the NSA, and so he found some waste and some mismanagement of funds and some probably some corruption. I mean, you will in any big right. organization. And, and, he, and he gave the information to a journalist. And he blew the whistle on the guys, and then he also apparently was investigated. But anyway, the guy's in big trouble. I, 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 anybody out there who listens to our show that works for an intelligence agency, I, I'm not recommending that you go blowing the whistle on them. I just don't think it's a good policy. No. You know, let them fall apart on their own, you know, or let them do it internally. I don't know what you're going to do about it. But play this clip because apparently they have wrapped laws around this guy to screw him, including – the whistle. Apparently, yeah. if he gives testimony, if he is with any whistleblowing testimony to another agency, that's a crime. And they're turning his entire whistleblowing 
situation into redefining it as espionage, which is now it, – it, it, this is the guy himself who gave a speech, and this is clipped together a little bit, and it, it, it's uh, – it, you know, I think it pretty much tells the story. It's kind of funny. To other would-be whistleblowers, not only can you lose your job, but also your very freedom. The government made my cooperation with official investigations a criminal act. It is now apparently a federal crime to report illegalities, malfeasance, fraud, waste, and abuse perpetrated by our own government. The government is making whistleblowing a crime. They are making dissent a crime especially when it embarrasses the government and calls the government to account. What is the difference between my situation and that of the Chinese artist who was detained when trying to leave his country because Chinese authorities deemed him a threat to national security? The fact remains that, my heart, that the heart of my case rests directly on whistleblowing and First Amendment activities involving issues of significant and even grave concern in terms of government illegalities, contract and program malfeasance, as well as fraud, waste and abuse, protected by the Constitution, case law and statutes. And yet the government is censoring and criminally prosecuting protected communications I made in furtherance of government investigations and doing so under the Espionage Act. Espionage is the last thing my whistleblowing and First Amendment activities and actions were all about. This has become the specter of a truly Orwellian world where whistleblowing has become espionage. And don't blow your whistle, John. And and the <laughs> and the point and the other thing that's kind of interesting is that and a, the left wing doesn't know what to do about this, but the Obama administration has been the hardest ever on whistleblowers. They have clamped down on it as much as possible. They're, if you're a whistleblower in during this era, the Obama era, you're going to put yourself into a heap full of trouble. Oh, espionage! Don't be blowing your whistle, boy. So just let the corruption happen and, uh, you know, take care of itself. Anyway, I find it was distressing. But you, people can go out there and look up to Thomas Drake. I guess it's in, it the, really, it's in the show notes. I have a whole And what links. blew it out of the water was a, a New Yorker article where they just went into it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that the New Yorker reporter is going to get into trouble, too. I mean, this was, we, we really have gotten to a... Uh, kind of a quasi-fascist state. I mean, the reporters in the Boston Herald can't go to a Boston event. Uh, whistleblowing is now espionage. Uh, nudity is porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting some nudity here this so, afternoon. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad everybody's so happy with these uh, these people running things. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's the alternative? Yeah, Ron Paul's running. I'll, I'll endorse him again. I'll vote stop, for him you know, again. Ron Paul is the only solution. He would be accepted by the left and the right and everybody in the middle and most independents. But, you know, they both sides, you know, they're all wink, wink, nudge, nudge about marginalizing the guy. We need and to run, John. Nuts. That's the only solution. You and I need to run. And you know why? Because it helps us. We get 100 mil. running for anything, but Ron Paul should. Well, he is. I'll run if people. If someone will do the paperwork, and I can get the hundred million. I'll run. Yeah, and you can be my uh, my axelrod. Come on, we'd yeah, be great. You said I was a great actor. Goodbye, darling. Yeah, you're a better you. actor than Obama. Hello, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Hey, 
and then you write the speeches for me. I can read a prompter. It would be great. Can you imagine? What party would we call it? The crackpot party. <laughs> it would be huge. The <laughs> crackpot. <laughs> it would be huge. I'd be handing out $100 bills left and right. Oh, yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. It's like, hey, vote for me. I'm just signing my name on a $100 bill. I got, I got, a, hundred, I got uh, a million of these. I got a million of these to hand out with a million votes. Guaranteed. And by the way, uh, before we get into uh, thanking a couple of people who helped uh, keep our show going, I just wanted to make a little note of what your national treasure is doing this morning. Your national treasure, of course, is, uh, you know, the completely unbiased media. NP- this is a, a press release from the White House, from WhiteHouse.gov, came out this morning, and it blew me away. NPR's Andy Carvin, at A. Carvin on Twitter, and foreign policies. Mark Lynch at a Buardvark, douche, two experts who bring both a deep understanding of foreign policy and extensive online networks will facilitate a worldwide conversation that will include participants from the Middle East and North Africa. As Andy explains, rather than come up with all the questions ourselves, we'd like to invite you to help us craft the questions. If you're on Twitter and want to submit a question, Please post a tweet with your question and include the hashtag MESpeech in the tweet. You can pose your question before our, or during the speech. We won't be able to get every question, of course, so we encourage everyone to follow the MESpeech hashtag and join the broader conversation about the speech on Twitter. Andy Carvin, you are Douchebag. a shill, a complete shill. Can you believe that? It's ridiculous. This is this is, this is I, and I said this is the problem. And is, is the is NPR and the and the and the media still going to carry this guy like he's the hero of social media while he's working for the White House? That's crazy. It's, it's ludicrous. It's great. No, it's not ludicrous. It's abhorrent. There you go. But remember, everybody, if you're not paying everybody. for everybody, remember, everybody, if you're not paying for the product. You are the product. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. So we do have a bunch of people to thank, including uh, Jason Southwell from Pompano Beach, Florida. We have some nights today, too, that we're going to have to yes, uh, nice. catch up to. $180 from him, Robert Slack in Queens Creek, Arizona. Looking for some karma because of his uh, got a new girlfriend. You want to give him a shot? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You've got karma. I mean, I, don't you need Viagra? I mean, 150. <laughs> well, he's, he, he probably uh, doesn't need it. I'm happy. Uh, 152.10 from uh, Robert. Uh, Doug Holly, Ottawa, Ontario. Hi, John and Adam. Here's my donation for $111 with a little extra to cover the PayPal fee. Thank you. Says, I'm a donor, not a boner. Could I please get some karma for my new job search? I'm not unemployed, but my current job sucks, and I want to find something better. Thanks for what you do. Here's to a better job, my friend. You've got karma. Excellent corporation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Joe Cool Design, $111.11 each. Jeff Anderson, $104.20 is a double end-of-the-world donation, 52 uh, 10 times 2. I'd like some karma for my two fantastic sons, Russell, August, 
and Dane Michael, who coincidentally lived down the hill from you, Adam. Oh, well, that's very nice. Here's a uh, throw it You've down. You've got karma. Rolling the karma down the hill like it's hot oil. Bruins Clothing in Watertown, South Dakota. I listen to the podcast well at my day job. Hope to meet Adam on the Hot Pockets Across America tour. Hot karma a karma request for my new business, Bruins Clothing, B-R-U-N-S Clothing.com, American-made jackets. Oh, American-made. No, no, that's cool. Made in You've America. You've got karma. Eric Finken, Finkenbeiner in Columbus, Ohio, new donor, 5110, double nickels on the dime. Figured I needed to donate so Adam doesn't have to start working at McDonald's or something. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like some karma. I've got a lot of karma requests today since I recently started writing for Byte. Uh, also, please uh, call out Seth and Reed as douchebags. Douchebag. Since so, so they've been listening longer than I have and haven't donated yet. Also, don't tell my wife that I donated. Okay, Eric. Hey, these are some pretty nice jackets from Bruns Clothing. Yeah? Yeah, they're like, you know, if you're in the snow. Oh, they're, uh, they're heavy-duty things? Yeah, jackets real heavy-duty. Snow weather? Here, like your mother always told you, the trick to staying warm is layering. Our jackets are cut large, so you can wear them over a sweatshirt. It's nice. This is real American huh. jackets. It's like real pioneering, like freeze your nuts off jackets. Nice. Uh, give Eric a uh, a, a uh, karma shot. Karma shot. Yeah, absolutely. You've got karma. Tom Bushy writes in saying, we don't want your summer to start so poorly, so I'm calling out all Minutemen to come to your aid with a double nickels and the dime donation, which is what he did for the Sunday show. Let's, which we may not have a Sunday show, but go ahead. <laughs> I think you should donate double nickels on the dime. Let's start the no agenda nation with what the Minutemen can do. I'll kick it off with 5510 for Thursday show. Good luck, Minutemen. Also, Vector Research, Langley, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. Double nickels on the dime. Uh, Turkel Borg. In and these are all new uh, new donors, by yeah, the way. Yeah, these are new donors, yeah. and I really appreciate these guys. Augustenborg, Augustenborg, Denmark. Greece, greeting from Gitmo Nation Crippled Welfare State, Denmark. <laughs> you guys should really be listed as a 501C for the valuable mental public service. <laughs> show your mental public service to show provides for all the indoctrinated slaves of the world. Speaking of shackles, <laughs> we weren't, but okay. I really need some karma for my job application so I can escape the iron grip of unemployment. Also, could you give my buddy Lars, well, my, uh, my, Grin, uh, Grin, I think it's Grinlika. 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 Douchebag call off for always using the lame excuse of so called impending exams not to join mandatory weekend binge drinking. Yeah, what? really. Yeah, you should be on the binge <laughs> drink. Let's give you some karma for the binge drink in there. That's good. You've got karma. So I'm told they do a lot of binge drinking in Holland. No, no. Uh, England. Gitmo Nation East. That's 50, where the real binge uh, drinking 52 is. 5210 from Greg uh, Van Mullen in Bakersfield. Jan Persiel. In Hamburg, Deutschland, 5210, dear John, and karma for my office search from EP285 worked perfectly. Yay! I'll move in on July 1st, and just in case the world comes to an end before that, here's my 5110. <laughs> PR move no agenda templates.com in the making oh, and nice. currently forwarding to the show. Give yourself some karma. Okay, well, thank you. We'll, we'll take that. You've got karma. Jesse Cruz in Highland Park joins the uh, End of Days Club. He needs some karma for his friend Kelly Cronin and her job search. You've got karma. Wow, this is like karma day. It is. Rodney Stabe in Houston, Texas. Uh, or he pronounced it Houston, not Houston. Well, of course it's not Houston. In Pearland, not Pearland. 
Uh, don't come over there, Adam. Take some of this and get some syrup for pancakes on Sunday morning. Everything goes better with pancakes, and that should include the rapture. What the hell? Give me some karma, too, because I'll need it for the rapture, apparently. Okay. Yeah, we'll all need some of it. You've got karma. Sir Jeffrey Gerlach and Alamo uh, is not ashamed to be a no-agenda show producer. Deconstructions must happen. Sir Jeffrey. Bradley Serbu, uh, Naples, Florida. Corey Pingle in New Lexington, Ohio. Uh, George Vanderhorst, our black knight. Uh, all gave 50. George gave 50 twice. Yeah, one Jamie is for, uh, one is for uh, Audrey. Uh, she'll be a dame soon. That's being credited towards her uh, her account. Right. You know, the, you exactly. know the, the one they sent pictures of? James Gomez. Novoa. Novoa. We get the point. <laughs> Novoa, London, UK, making a donation for one simple reason, because you guys have changed the way I think and the way I look at news and information in general. Maybe we should just I be want- called the Real News Party. He comes from London, but he's actually in Santiago de Compostela, Spain. Hola. So, and Jim, Jason Dozier, uh, $50 from Kansas City. Tristan Pipo, Seattle, Washington, longtime listener. Figured it'd be cool to get a birthday shout out. My birthday's the 20th, which is the day before the end of the world. Last name sounds Pipo. Pipo. Thanks, keep the good work. And we want to thank everybody who donated less than the uh, $50 call out an, uh, amount and uh, all the people who subscribed. And we encourage more people. By the way, we've had a number of people getting kicked off their subscriptions. Yeah. And one mail we got says that PayPal said that we kicked them off, yeah, which is a lie because we don't do that. And so we check your subscriptions. Some people have upgraded to $11.11 subscription, which is we appreciate a lot. We do. Um, So uh, thank you so much for the support. Um, I was expecting, actually, uh, a much bigger rush since we're uh, all going to be gone and won't be here for Sunday. Uh, But should we show up, then you can still make amends. Uh, And the place to do that is... Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. And also definitely check out uh, noagendanation.com. Uh, you can uh, find a, a good donation link there and or any of the multitude of forwards. Uh, remember, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product and not so on the No Agenda show. I've had a couple of people up here um, at the shack. In the, actually, you know what? You know who I heard uh, was listening to our show? Uh, oh, crap. I And I wanted to write this down. Who's the guy that... Um, uh, that wrote all of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, stuff. Oh, uh, uh, Josh. Yeah. Joss. Yeah. Joss. Yeah. Joss Whedon. Yeah. He threw an in the morning on his Twitter the other day. Oh, he just put that in. No, there. he said no agenda. At, he said no agenda at no agenda in the morning. Oh, really? I admire that guy. You know, he's the only non-breakout director who just, I don't know what, what he's he's got to have a breakout because he did that Firefly stuff. And yeah, the guy is awesome. He's People awesome. are huge fans. Let's, awesome. let's just give him a little bit of karma just because. You've got karma. because we think, we think he actually loves our show. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of people coming up, you know, uh, interviewing them authors and they've heard of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, heard of you guys. Well, good. Don't quite understand what you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. You're crazy, you two guys. Uh, not on 
the list, but I want to uh, wish uh, Eric the Shill a happy belated birthday. I believe he celebrated uh, yesterday. Happy birthday to Jeffrey Pacito, son uh, Matthew Francesco Christopher, who turned three on May 13th. And uh, another one of our uh, donors this morning, Tristan Pipo. Uh, his birthday is on May the 20th. That'll be tomorrow, so you can have one day of fun, my friend, before we all drive up and blow away. <laughs> You got to use that more often. Drive up. Why don't you drive up and blow away? It's important. Okay, you got. I got to have a sharp. Hold on, I need two hands to get this one out. <laughs> so I hear. Been reliably informed. Hey. James Bruis, James Sutton, Michael Miller step forward along with the man in black. Larry Corpy, who will be a black knight. All four of you have uh, successfully achieved the status of knighthood of the No Agenda Roundtable by donations of up to $1,000 supporting the show. I hereby pronounce the Sir James Brewis, Sir James Sutton, Sir Michael Millen, and Sir Larry Carpy Black Knight, all knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy all of the festivities while you can. And should we live past Saturday, then uh, your night rings uh, will be on the way uh, sometime uh, in the next four weeks. So that's all great news, and we really appreciate our nights. Yes? This is taking so long that I'm mistrusting these Chinese vendors. Well, uh, I trust Eric as far yeah, as I can throw Yeah, but that doesn't. <laughs> right. No, I trust Eric. Um, we, uh, we work very hard at uh, assassinating the media for you, uh, pulling apart stuff, researching, watching incredibly boring crap. To get to those nuggets that will at least entertain you so that when it all passes by and the human resources and slaves around you are buying it up and lapping it up, you can go, <laughs> I know better. You know, the thing that we do, and I do appreciate people who keep the show going by, because everybody's the producer out there, and we we do the show for the listeners, and the listeners give us compensation. Uh, when we do a good show, we get better compensation than when we don't, generally. And... Uh, it's a model that we, we really appreciate that we appreciate the fact that it works with us and we can't thank people enough for donating on a, on a show by show basis. And we hope that you understand that we do uh, try to create a mindset that makes people more amenable to seeing the truth behind the stories or spotting bull crap or you know uh, being able to watch regular news and say and see that you know you, you know where the propaganda is in in the news and you can di- di- you know dissect it yourself and and benefit from that and so uh we just really can't thank everybody enough. Uh yesterday I had Don Cambu up here. He's written a book. He's actually written a book for like 14-year-old boys. Don Cambu is the producer of uh Modern Marvels. You know the show on uh, Yeah, it? it's a great show. Yeah, he's he's been running for like nine years or whatever yeah no i love that show i mean i don't watch it i don't have it on the dvr but i when i see it i always watch it it's always like something that's ridiculous right and it's like some giant earth mover that's got a wheel the size of my house yeah or some tunnel they're building that's unbelievable so this guy is uh, he's been in hollywood for a long time and so now he's uh he decided to write a fiction book which is actually a pretty funny book the crystal point and the and the mog pogs it's a kind of a like a Harry Potter book for young boys. Eh, cool. I actually was like three quarters of the way through it, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is not for my age. 
out three quarters of the way. I know. It's really, I was like, it's like science fiction. Like, it's kind of cool. It's a good story. I'm like, wait a minute. This is not meant for me. But uh, he's like, you know, you, he's like, you guys have a great model. And, you know, I told him about the producers, executive producers. Like, That's exactly how we do it. No, yeah. it's what we do, the idea comes from Hollywood. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, people who are get their credits, and these are real credits. Yeah. You can put it, it's, it's official, just like the knighthood. It's a real knighthood. It's not like fake or anything. And when you get yeah. the ring, then you can prove it. And better than a stupid ribbon. I mean, you can't wear the ribbon every day, right? You wear this ribbon, and it's like, douchebag, what, do you, what is this piece of ribbon on Does your the jacket? Queen give, the queen doesn't give out rings, does no, she? She's no, she gives out stupid ribbons. Well, you can't wear the ribbon. No, it looks lame. And with a ring, it's like, you know, and you can hit someone in the mouth, and it will. It has the, the mirrored in the morning. It's reversed, yeah. Ipsilorum, yeah. face him, hit him, whatever it is, something in Latin. Yeah, it, it may show up the, the one of these days in a... Uh, uh, Law and Order. Although yeah. Law and Order LA has been dropped, apparently. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That'd be so funny. If you see, like, the fight on HBO and the guy gets hit in the mouth and there's, like, this little yeah, no agenda the, logo. No, no agenda logo on their face. And they say, well, there must be a no agenda night ring. And they say, let's, it can't be that many of them. And say, oh, my God, there's hundreds of them. We'll never yeah. find the guy. <laughs> Use the DNA. Okay, so. I just wanted to, can you uh, pull out the prediction book? When did I predict that zombies would be uh, in our future? This, this prediction book uh, doesn't go back that far? It doesn't go back that far, but let me look just in case. It might so be the it. Centers for Disease Control, and this was uh, posted by uh, like the director of the CDC, not that uh, crazy woman. And the t- if you haven't seen this yet, you've got, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, give, them the, give them the web address so they can... Uh, well, it was on the CDC. It's like zombies slash CDC.gov or something. It's, no, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's a site on the CDC, and I don't see that it was done on April 1st or anything that would indicate it's an April no, Fool's May joke, 16th, which, No, May 16th. And, it uh, looks like an April Fool's gag. Well, Tell me it doesn't. No, it does not. because well, Oh, it says, bull crap. It's exactly what an April Fool's gag is like. So here it says that, well, not from the CDC, the people who brought you swine flu. There are all kinds of emergencies out there that we can prepare for. Take a zombie apocalypse, for example. That's right. I said Z-O-M-B-I-E-A-Z-O-M-B-I-E-A-P-O-C-A-L-Y-P-S-E. You may laugh now, but when it happens, you'll be happy you read this. And, hey, maybe you'll even learn a thing or two about how to prepare for a real emergency. And then he goes into... Oh, okay, that's why, there's your angle. By the way, the website is emergency.cdc.gov. Uh, yeah, gonna... slash social media slash zombies underscore. Bl- it doesn't matter. It's in the show notes. Yeah, but the show notes. You, 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 those show notes are so extensive. They're more for researchers. There's so many good notes in there. It's astonishing. It, you know, it should be at the top. I this have... is an important site, apparently. <laughs> oh, and we also have all of the audio clips now in the they show notes. They got pictures of zombies. It's ridiculous. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Did you see? The, it's emergency.cdc.gov, and they've got the zombie. Get a kit, make a plan, be prepared. And I'm saying it's not a joke. It's not an April Fool's joke. Zombies are real, and this is what's going to happen. There will be a zombie apocalypse. And that's because of all the damn vaccines we're all getting shot up with. We're already technically zombies. Well, not people who listen to the show, of course, but... So, 
I'm sorry. But well, that'll be our uh, Zombies Are Coming. That Maybe that'll be the, the name of the show. I just want a little props that I predicted zombies in our future. And you did. I don't have it in this book. I just looked back here. Okay. The oldest one I got is, what the hell was it? Well, let's, I'm not going to say what the old. I, the, I got predictions back to February 24th of this year. So this goes back to last year. The zombie prediction. I remember you saying something about zombies are going to be in the news. You had something. I wish I did the book then because yeah. it, it was a good yeah. prediction. Convenient you don't have that. Well, it's probably written down somewhere. I just like, you know, I'm not the most organized person in the world. Well, I, and, and I can kind of back it up that there were, there were, they're trying to turn us into zombies now with this new thing, DNA. Yeah, so yeah, just go to CD, emergency.cdc.gov. It's right on the front page. You yeah. can click on it. Yeah. On the zombie picture. Zombie apocalypse. This is <laughs> this is crazy. They're trying to be hip. Or maybe they're just not kidding. Why wouldn't you believe them? If, if Why would they try to be hip? They're not a hip operation. Well, I mean, so can we believe the next swine flu emergency? Or will that be like a joke as well? You tell me how that works now. I thought it was a joke to begin with. The first one. <laughs> So we've got a DNA vaccine. And they got radiation <laughs> emergencies, dirty bombs, nuclear nuclear blasts. I mean, mm. hot pocket. Ah, I got a hot pocket emergency, baby. Yeah. Well, anyway, I say be on the lookout. And remember, you always got to double tap the zombies. Never take one shot for granted. Yeah, no, you have to. You, you got to always pop double. You got to pop them twice in the head. Double tap. It's the only way to assure that the zombie the zombie is uh, taken care yeah, of. Yeah, do they have that mentioned on this web page? Let me see. Do I don't think so. No, they don't. They don't, they don't have anything on this page about, about how to kill a zombie. Well, that's which is like that's the information you need. <laughs> well, hold on a second. What do they have about? Let's read this page for a second. What do we do? So they has a brief histories about zombies. So we should have water, food, medication, tools and supplies, including utility knife, duct tape, battery-powered radio. Yeah. Hey, CDC, I'm going to throw my battery-powered radio at the zombies. See if that helps. Yeah, you at least need a shovel yeah. so you can black them, blast, blast <laughs> them in the, the head. Here, pick, pick a meeting place for your family to regroup in case zombies invade your home. Or your town evacuates because of a hurricane. What? You need to double tap these bitches. They don't have anything. There's no good information here. This is not no, useful. No, there's nothing about how to kill the zombie and what to do with them after you kill them. And to avoid, avoid being bitten by yeah, a zombie. That's, that's how it that's, happens. Yeah. They, they, do they say don't get bit? No. No? No? This is, this is useless information. This is, this is is I bet you this website cost 18 million bucks though. It probably cost something big. I can't believe they don't say shotgun, double barrel, two to the head, double tap, go. And you know, you got to and then you got to hit him with a shovel in the neck so the head comes off. Yeah, that that works. Okay. Well, so uh that's in the movie. John, we know. John, when we win the nomination and the election, when we are the president, and uh, you'll be Secretary of State, so you can travel a lot. Uh, we will put a real zombie emergency plan into effect. And we'll make sure everyone has a double-barrel shotgun and a shovel. This will be part of our platform. The zombie platform. You think I'm kidding. But I want that $100 million. Yeah, well, I'm sure you do. For me, I, do, I don't mind, uh, you know, the idea. Yeah, we'll get us some Ferraris. All right, so we'll get us, uh, a, we'll get us a nice G5 jet. We'll go cruising around. 
I'm like, hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Take 100. How you doing? Here's 100 bucks, baby. Go buy yourself something nice. Vote for me. So I have a new segment I want to introduce to the show. Mm, do we have a jingle for it? No. Mm. Movie clip of the week. Oh, okay. So I have a movie clip of the week. Uh, that uh, now, you know this is uh, that you can this will be a felony now if you stream any uh, copyrighted content uh, this is now a felony yeah this is a fair use because it's just a clip yeah <laughs> and uh, promotes the, it's a promotional clip and but it's a uh-huh. clip I think is a it, it was a good one I, as soon as I heard it I said oh my god that's it I got a new segment clip of the week okay do we play it or do we need to intro play it, it? or uh, ladies and gentlemen here is your clip of the week you want yourself a woman. One come in there from Albuquerque around the cat house over her. her. name is Bertha. Got a ass on her like a $40 cow and a tit. I'd like to see that thing filled full of tequila. You know something, you can't beat that, can you? Uh, is this uh, in theater soon? Because I need to stay away from the theater. <laughs> what is this? This is from Pat, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, a classic from Sam Peckinpah during his era of uh, heavy cocaine abuse and drunkenness. Considered one of the best movies ever made. Great. <laughs> and let me ask you a question. Uh, has, the, has the world financial uh, system collapsed yet? Because that was supposed to happen if we didn't raise the debt limit on May 16th. It is now. Uh, Let me go. Wait, hold on. Let me look out the window. Yeah, you can just check. It's a garbage truck that went by, so that's good news. Yeah. Uh, uh, did, did, no. Nah, did Standards and Poors did it uh, like uh, completely uh, lower the uh, the debt rating? I mean, are we all gone? Like Timmy Geithner said, Timmy, is it is as the as the apocalypse come already? Apparently not. They've mm-hmm. they've they've cooked the books apparently to keep this from happening until August. So I'm watching uh, Russia today. And they're starting to listen to us. No, they're not. Yeah, a little bit. They, yeah, they are. They're trying. They're trying. There's, I think what's happening is the executive. It's typical. The executives, like, you know, they've hired some other douchebags, but someone in there is really trying. So now they have the girl who's, I think she's been on. She's American. So that's strike one because she needs to be Russian. Her name needs to be Natasha. But she's kind of hot. What they've done, they've dressed her in a red sleeveless and she's got big hooters, and they're you know they're like the Russians. Perky. They they kind of get you know they don't quite get it. No, they don't get it yet. But anyway, so she has some guy on, and uh, I thought it was first of all it's funny because she messes it up. She kind of does the intro for the wrong guest, and he's like, uh, "No, I'm actually on the other side of the debate." So she like tries to be all controversial and stuff, and she messes but, but, <laughs> what? But, by the way, I thought that tech TV was a cheap operation when I worked over there. Now, Russia this today is, is the cheaper. worst. <laughs> Russia, Russia today is cheaper. <laughs> so um, first listen to our setup, because this is all about the apocalypse. And this guy who's on um, actually spells it out quite quite perfectly. And uh, just so you understand, uh, this will be part of your cocktail uh, material so that when people talk about how the Republicans are horrible and they're going to kill the faith and trust of the United States dollar and you'll just say it's all bull crap and it's all one big show and you'll have some ammo. But first, let's listen to just a chick and she's a chick. Uh, I'm not being sexist or anything. She's just a chick and they've dressed her up to look like a chick, but she's missing the Russian and the, and the name. And sticking on the subject of money, the United States has reached its credit limit, the debt ceiling. And what's happening? 
chaos in financial markets, the U.S. defaulting on its debts, Armageddon? Well, not exactly, but this may be why. She also, we'd we'd sit her down and we'd help her on the read, wouldn't we, John? God, she 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 talks yeah. like some valley girl. But her breasts are amazing. So that, I mean, and by the way, don't get offended because this is how TV people talk. We we just, you know it's unfortunate, but that's how it works. No, actually, it's worse than that. Yeah, we're being kind. The Treasury Department has employed what Timothy Geithner has labeled quote extraordinary measures, so the government can pay its bills until August second. These include, just in case you wanted to know, borrowing from the Civil Service Retirement and Disability Fund, suspending investment in the Federal Employees Retirement System. In short, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, and Peter here is sounding a lot like your average worker. But here to talk more big picture about the debt ceiling and what's at stake here is Dean Baker. He is co-director of the Center for Economic and Policy Research, and we're so grateful to have you here. So there are really two camps on this. There are the Ben Bernanke's and economists that fall in line with him that say uh, not raising the debt ceiling, defaulting on debt for the U.S. would be catastrophe. And then there are those that seem to be, you and yourself included, that say that the bigger, the bigger disaster is that the United States keeps spending this much and keeps raising the debt ceiling. So, so defend that. No, I'm actually not in that. Oh, camp. you're not. I, okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> Good <Dits>. work. Dits. <laughs> oh, you're not. <laughs> so listen to this guy because he he spells it out pretty well. No, no, I, I, I don't see any problem with the United States raising the debt ceiling. Um, okay. Where I think I've differed with perhaps some of the disaster people, I, I've said that in a worst case scenario, if you actually had a situation where the government had to default on its debt, which would be a very bad scenario. We'd have a financial crisis worse than what we had in, in 2008. Um, the economy would still be there at the end of the day. Countries go through financial crises. You don't want to do that, but we would be there at the end of the day. What I've always pointed out to people is what would not be there is Wall Street, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs. They would be out of business, which is why it's not going to happen. Because they, if we actually got to the point where this was a conceivable possibility, we're well away from that now, but if we actually got to the point where that was a realistic possibility, they would be screaming at Boehner and and the other Republicans telling them to pass a debt ceiling, get it to President Obama, and have it signed. So it's not... According to Boehner, it seems like they're already pushing for it, but it seems that the GOP wants to get uh, this bargaining chip of of a deficit reduction commitment uh, in the works. Do you think that's just a talking point? So, So we'd be like... Um, don't interrupt the guests with your own questions, okay? Just, you know, look perky, just nod a little bit, and, you know, we'll switch the cameras. Don't worry. Don't ask questions, honey. Because do you think ultimately they will bow to the president and and the demands of of investors? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Which is why if President Obama wants, he just says, give me a clean debt ceiling bill. I mean, it's important to understand what we're talking about is spending money that's already been authorized. So every penny that's going to be spent... Congress already voted on and approved. So it's right. sort of like, you know, we sign a lease on, on the apartment, and then two months down the road we go, oh, that's too much money, we're not going to pay the rent. Well, mm-hmm. we already signed the lease. So mm-hmm. no other country in the world has this sort of issue. Once you appropriate the money, it goes out the door. And if you don't like it, you don't appropriate it. And, of course, Congress could vote to retract appropriations. It's entirely within their power. So it's trying to play this sort of weird game where they're going, oh, you can't let the country default, so let's, you know, cut Social Security, let's cut Medicare, whatever it might be. And, you know, my guess is that President Obama, certainly if he says, give me a clean bill, no doubt the Republicans will give him a clean bill because their backers on Wall Street will kill them if they don't. (laughs) I like that. Their backers on Wall Street will kill them. And you know what? He's not kidding. Yeah. This is one one big show. It's a big, 
big show. And, you know, so we're now uh, May 19th. S&P hasn't come out and said, oh, well, you're now skating on thin ice, weapons of mass destruction. And have you seen this link going around from the Atlantic where, uh, and this is a very leftist type thing, people are saying, it's in the 14th Amendment, Section 4. Have you seen this? No. Okay, so the I did some research on this. Do you have do you have it in front of you? Yes, I do. Well, uh, no, Skype it to me. Uh, I just Google frothymix.com. dot com. Uh, end up getting Tom Hartman. Just do Fourteenth Amendment Article Four. The validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. But neither the United States nor any... By the way, that's the only line that's quoted in the article. The second half of the Section 4 is, But neither the United States nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurred in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the United States or any claim for the loss of emancipation of any slave, but all such debts, obligations, and claims shall be held illegal and void. So, if this indeed is... is if we want to keep to the uh, Constitution, and <laughs> why would we... Um, I think it's completely fair that the Pentagon shows us exactly how much of the national debt is out, uh, owed and bounties paid. So they need to show us the bill because, of course, this is for insurrection or rebellion. Right. Right. So I think they should show us and then maybe we'd all see how, how abhorrent, abhorrently high that bill is. And we'd all uh, consider uh, our taxes and how it's being used. But when I was reading this, it kind of dawned on me that this is what they're using to build the Department of Homeland Security. The whole see something, say something thing is based upon the fact that the Constitution states that you can basically spend as much money on you want on bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, which is kind of internal like Homeland stuff. And they can just grow this forever and it can't be questioned. What do you say? Well, uh, I don't know about the insurrection thing. That doesn't, I think that's immaterial. It just basically says, I'm going to just read it, the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, which means anything, any debt that they decide, including debts incurred for payment of pensions, which means nothing. It means that you have to pay that too, and bounties for services shall not be questioned. That means no, you can't question any of it. You can't ask for anybody to do to, for anything. You can't ask for the books. No, you can't. Oh, you can't question it. Oh. Yeah, that's what it says. Shall not be questioned. So in other words, you can't ask to see the books. Oh, I'm so stupid. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to ask for something. Oh, I must be some kind of sovereign citizen or something. It's bad. <laughs> Right, let me and just by go. the way, it says bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion. It doesn't say against the country. Oh, could just be it says it in the second paragraph, but in the, in the second sentence, but in the first sentence, it just says it doesn't say it doesn't specifically say it just says including debts in you know uh, incurred for a payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion. Comma, shall not be questioned, period. That's it. So, so that, in other words, all the money we're spending on these overseas wars would actually go under that, I believe, that sentence. I'm sure they've argued this, awesome. and they probably... Awesome. 
And it was all ratified in... Uh, a long time ago. 1868. Anyway. Oh, okay, good. Citizenship so, rights. Shut up, then. Shut up. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> we just run down a couple of stories with you, John. See if we can uh, get any... Uh, Get a rise out of you. Facebook will become the first service to use Microsoft's photo DNA, a new technology from the app economy, from the dashboard, that can quickly comb through millions of photos to identify illegal images. Yeah. Of course, it's all under the auspices of porn. Child porn. Well, guess what? They're going to be identifying your face, slave. Right now, uh, in the, we're in the middle of NLE uh, 11, NLE 2011. This is the national level exercise, so expect something to happen somewhere, somehow. It would be fine if they could. Uh, it ends on the 20th, so that's tomorrow the NLE ends. So uh, just in time for something bad to happen on, uh, <laughs> on Saturday. Monsanto has a new gambit. Wait, let me just uh, roll it out here. No! Yes. They now have a catalog of seeds that spans 4,000 vegetables and fr- vegetable and fruit varieties across 20 species. And they've got some great stuff that they think that, that just the people of uh, the world, the human resources, will just love. Listen to this. Um, at the store this morning, you finally ditched the old thumb test and picked out a perfectly ripe melon based on color alone. The broccoli in your fridge will supercharge the level of antioxidants your body produces, helping repel disease. And now you're tearlessly chopping away at an onion while making your famous chili. Fantasyland? Not for long, according to St. Louis-based agribusiness giant Monsanto, which is throwing its... Why would I want an onion that doesn't have any onion characteristics? We don't. Well, because it sucks when you cry when you're chopping the onion. No, it doesn't. You just do it enough. You chop enough onions and that... (laughs) phenomenon goes away it's like people who have motorcycles know this when you drive a motorcycle with you know and and your eyes are exposed to the high wind you gotta drive faster you drive and drive and drive and then you know you water your eyes water and water and then at some point they go away i guess this is no big deal and they stop watering and this is what happens when you chop tomato onions you chop 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 and then at some point that you don't have this problem anymore if you'd cook you know what i do when i'm chopping the onion when my as a, and by the way, I barely have it anymore. But I'd like eat a piece of raw onion, which tastes great. By the way, do you ever do that? Just like pop a piece of raw onion in your face. Uh, sweet onions, I'll I'll oh, do I'll that. I'll eat any, but onion. I won't eat regular onion. It's like it's, it's most of them are too sharp. No, I like it. I like it. Yeah, well, you, that makes sense. Yeah. Monsanto was definitely putting its time and its energy behind these investments in fruits and vegetables. Uh, so, how much demand is there for superstar fruits and vegetables? Kathy Means, vice president for produce marketing, says. That's the Produce Marketing Association. Unlimited. When you hit, <laughs> what do you mean unlimited? Unlimited demand. When you hit the right mark, consumers will buy it. Ugh. There you go. We're going to get the uh, tearless. Uh, okay, we have. Oh, here are the actual products. Beneforte broccoli. This is already. This is already in California and Texas. Oh yeah. Okay, Beneforte. Broccoli contains boosted levels of nutrients, including glucor. Just go on. You don't have to read. Doesn't matter. Uh, It increases the amount of antioxidant enzymes in the body. Available test markets in California, Texas, and uh, Gelson's Bristol Farms. Nice. 
What is... No, some they're like flying over me now. We have the Sweet Peak Melon, a honeydew melon that has a sweet flavor with a skin that turns from white to creamy orange when ripe. That should be in stores this summer. Yeah, because heaven knows there's not enough melon varieties in the world. And the Ever Mild Onion. <laughs> this is for you, John. A mild a bland and, onion. Hooray! The mild and sweet onion that's been bred to have a muted level of the compound that causes tearing when it's chopped. It's grown in the northwest U.S. is harvested in the fall when onions typically have to be imported. Availability. Schnuck Supermarkets, Inc. in St. Louis. Schnuck. Don't be a schmuck. Shop at Schnuck. And then we have the Vistive Gold Soybeans. I hope that one of our listeners in St. Louis goes and gets one of these onions and then gives it the once-over. A soybean that's engineered to make oil that eliminates trans fats in fried foods. It's also being tested for use in cookies as a spray oil for crackers. <laughs> I, you know, I think I want to throw up right now. <laughs> Can you believe this crap, man? And, and, you know, and, I, and I believe what the vegetable association woman is saying. Unlimited! Unlimited demand! Everybody wants the tearless onion. Haven't you heard? It's good for you. Hey, what is this uh, circumcision ban in San Francisco? Have you heard about this? Well, San Francisco, as you recall from last week's episode, uh, is trying to get people to put their thumbprint into a database before they can go into a bar. Uh huh. And I don't know what the reason of the circumcision. Maybe they hate Jews. I don't know. A group seeking to ban the circumcision of male children in San Francisco has succeeded in getting their controversial measure on the November ballot, meaning voters will be asked to weigh in on what until now has been a private family matter. It should be a private family matter. Of course it should. So why, why is it not a private family matter anymore? I don't understand. I, I don't I get do. It. There are a bunch of socialist commies in San Francisco. They're idiots. They're trying to get a thumbprint to go into a bar to have a beer. They say that uh, international health organizations have promoted circumcision as an important strategy for reducing the spread of the AIDS virus. Hmm. I don't understand. So now they're trying to ban it? I don't understand. Well, then maybe they want more AIDS. I have. (laughs) I don't get it. Parents are really guardians. Guardians have to do what's in the best interest of the child. It's his body. It's his choice. Uh, The measure. Oh, okay. The measure's lead proponent, longtime San Francisco resident Lloyd Schofield, who says cutting away, cutting the cutting away of the foreskin from the penis is a more invasive medical procedure than many new parents or childless individuals realize. Oh, well, I'm traumatized. (laughs) How about you? Are you traumatized? <laughs> I still wake up in the middle of the night and go, ah, ah, ah. it's crazy. What is the world coming to? It's crazy. It's coming to busy bodies trying to run your life. Yeah. Especially in the California. California's got just gotten just tremendously pathetic. Now, this is the article that um, is definitely second half of the show, but this is uh, from some actual uh, measurements. The um, atmosphere above Japan heated rapidly just before the magnitude 9 earthquake. And as you know, I'm a total believer in uh, HARP being a part of the earthquake machinery. And uh, have you ever heard of the atmosphere heating rapidly before an earthquake? Is this normal, John? I don't believe a word of it. 
Really? You don't believe a word of this warming? Of the report, yeah. I think it's all bull crap. Dimitar Uzunov at the NASA Goddard well, Space sense, yeah. Flight Center in Maryland and a few friends of his presented the data. Global warming. Oh, they're going to call it global warming. I just call it HARP. You're going to call it global warming. Also uh, measured extremely low frequencies before the Haiti earthquake. Hmm? Okay. You know, call well, that sounds crazy. like HARP. Yeah. But who are these people? From NASA. There's ever a lot of people that claim they're from NASA. <laughs> no, All seriously. Right. Well, take a look at the I was at, at an event notes. with some guy from NASA. I swear to God, this is a fact. I'm sitting with a guy from NASA. At This this was in, in uh, Seoul, Korea. He's at the table. He's like the, the head or the last chief of NASA Ames or something like that. A NASA guy goes up and gives a talk, some crazy talk. The guy says to me, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. Well, it's a big organization. Yeah. All right, how about uh, NOAA? Do you believe those guys or is another big organization with a bunch of crazies? Yep. Geneva, senior official at the U.S. National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration, says solar storms pose a growing threat to critical infrastructure, such as satellite communications, navigation systems, and electrical transmission equipment. NOAA Assistant Secretary Catherine Sullivan says the intensity of solar storms is expected to peak in 2013. Countries should be prepared for potentially devastating effects, like a zombie apocalypse. Solar storms releases particles that can temporarily disable or permanently destroy fragile computer circuits. Yeah. Now, she's a former NASA astronaut who, in 1984, became the first woman to walk in space. Crazy? She crazy? Is that a crazy woman? You do you remember a couple of years ago? I think it was during our show era. There was supposed to be some huge blast of crap coming off the sun. It was going to wipe out all the satellites. Remember this? Yeah. Well, th this did actually happen in uh, the 90s. In the mid-90s, we had... Uh, remember the all the pagers went off air? and, the, and yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's when the circuits were di designed differently. The whole system was... And it was just... I don't know. Hmm. I just don't know that this last event never occurred, and I'm skeptical about any of these things until the power actually goes off. Well, I'm keeping my zombie apocalypse uh, clip nearby just in case and then uh, finally what happened in indiana now the supreme court the supreme court of the land the law the people who make the law of the land john the supreme court of these united states of america not the supreme court of some state or some some place like the the big one in an eight to one decision this is the supreme court like you know with clarence thomas on it, you know the the long dong silver guy the justice, the justices, in an eight-to-one decision, said officers who lock, knock, who loudly knock on a door, and hear sounds suggesting evidence is being destroyed, may break down the door and enter without a search warrant. Yeah, and which means they can hear anything. And who voted against it? The eight-to-one. What's her name? Kiki's the only one who voted against it. No, uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Kiki. Is that, her, is that her nickname, Kiki? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Little that. known fact. Aw. She says, uh, hey, that could like interfere with the Fourth Amendment. Hey, thanks, Kiki. <laughs> and she's like such a dingbat. I mean, it's like, why thanks, is she Kiki. the only one? Thanks, Kiki. That really, yeah, really. Nobody else cares. Well, we got the Monsanto shill, Long Dong Silver in there. I mean, but isn't this crazy? This is this is the Supreme I, Court? I thought that was the most disgusting story of the week. Yeah, it, it really, it's disturbing. I, I just don't know what to do. It's a police state, let's face it. We just have to put up with it. 
And uh, I'd like to ask you one uh, final question because I have a clip for this. Uh, how much money do you think uh, you can make off of a book? Off of a book? Yeah. Like if, you mean if, the absolute if, most anyone's ever made from a book? Or like, like let's say you're a senator and and you're running for president and then you uh, become president. Oh, you could probably make about, uh, I'd say, 50 million bucks. Really? Wow. Okay. Well, then I don't have to play the clip. So Obama, because they reported like, I don't know how they do this, by the way, but they say they had between 2 and $11 million. Yeah. So that could, that could be, really be right. Yeah. Wow. Shoot. Hey, we got to make a book. Hey, let's. Where <laughs> you we have run? to be the president. You have to be Obama. Get the voice down. Yeah, well, listen. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Read this book. Dreams about my foreskin. And uh, Condi Rice, uh, finally, I'll play this one then, is still out on the uh, on the promotional tour. I don't understand why. Until I heard the clip, then I got it. Uh, and she has some choice words for our friend uh, Ted Rumsfeld. So I have to ask you, um, Don Rumsfeld says that you were, to put it bluntly, a bad national security advisor, mm-hmm. that you didn't take to President Bush the hard difficult differences among his key national security advisors and that produced a lot of the dysfunction that people uh, commented on. And he really puts it pretty squarely on you. What do you say? Look, Don is a friend and he'll always be a friend but he's a grumpy guy. Alright, he is. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He never followed me from the Situation Room to the Oval Office where the President and I would have intense discussions about what was going on in that room, who thought what, and where the President would decide, keep, go back in there and keep seeing if you can find a consensus, or where the President would take a decision. And the President was not shy about taking a decision. And so um, Don doesn't know what he's talking about, and plus I'll write my own book and then we can talk about it. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Pre-promotion for her own book is what this is about ah pre-promotion is a good thing yes and did i tell you my wife's working on a book it's almost done on eggs yeah what happened to the pepper book what happened to the financial cycles book that book is under still being worked on it's in a cycle it's in the cycle (laughs) anyway i thought don is a grumpy guy is kind of a good i like don is a grumpy guy yeah don is a grumpy guy.com that's why they shot him up with botox so he doesn't look so grouchy yeah grumpy prick Hey, so we've got uh, Mr. Oil coming up with uh, the oils, the oils show, the crude oils on the stream, uh, followed by GX2, of course, uh, with his uh, extravaganza for this uh, Thursday, as he usually does. And, uh, well, John, it's been nice knowing you. Uh, I think we've had a great run for four years, and I'll see you up there. Hey, wait a minute. What happens if nothing happens? What are we going to do? Ah, oh, crap. We'll have to get up early on Sunday, I guess. Well, let's see. You know, we could get torrential rains. It could rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I believe in earthquake machines. doesn't really look like it here. <laughs> I believe in lots of stuff. I'm not counting anything out. So thank you all very much for your support over the past four years, just in case. And otherwise, uh, we'll see you Sunday. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, I am the extremely belligerent lone wolf. My name is Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where there's not a cloud in the sky, I'm John C. Dvorak. So I don't know if we'll be here, but just in case, see you Sunday on No Agenda.
Dvorak.org slash N-A-A.